Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Can you guys hear that or is it just me? Just making sure. <laughs> no, I can hear it. Okay. Because <laughs> there have definitely have been some times where only I hear it. Anyway, uh, welcome back. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. It's been a bit of a break. I apologize. Um, but I have some some news. I um, I got engaged last weekend. So um, thank Woo-hoo. you so much. Thank Congratulations. you so much. Appreciate it. So um, I was not watching a lot of uh, preseason as, um, you know, doing other things like planning and uh, visiting family and such. So um, I'm back now and uh, happy to talk about Leafs as we are the week of the first games. It's so exciting. Hockey is back for real. And we also have a friend joining us today. Chris Hurley, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. And congratulations on that uh, big achievement. Oh, thank you so much. Beaner, I see uh, it seems like you are finally back at home broadcasting from the basement again for a change, which must be I nice. Am. Yeah, I just got back from a week in Myrtle Beach for training, so there's there's definitely worse places to go for training, but it is <laughs> a million percent better to be back at home. Hell yeah. So um, I guess there's a couple little Leafs news things we should touch on before we get into our main portion of the show, which is the season previews. Uh, but we found out today that Jake Muzzin and Curtis McElhaney have both been moved over to uh, the staff side. So Jake Muzzin, I guess, retiring, which is good, I think, for his long term health and his body, because, um, you know, we've, we've talked about it over the years of the show that uh, it's important for him to be able to, um, you know, walk and function for the rest of his life. <laughs> and uh I don't think um, playing hockey was on the table again. So I'm, I'm happy that the Leafs were able to find a position for him. I guess he's a pro scout. So uh, good for Jake and uh, good for MLSE. Yeah, and he he always had a, a, a very good pulse on the room, right? Like he had a very good connection with a lot of the younger guys from when he got right from when he got traded there. So I think it's good to keep him around for that kind of thing. Um, so as, as of today... Muzzin, obviously Matt Murray with his surgery, both placed on long-term injured reserve. Also, Connor Timmins placed on LTIR as well. Missed that one. Oh, and back up. So does this mean that Muzzin is on LTIR and working for the team at the same time? Yes. I didn't catch that. I thought he retired. Okay. <laughs> it's very like uh, like Pronger-esque. Like, uh, I, I think he was still on LTIR it. when he started then working on the front in the front office. Oh man. Okay. Well, I missed that detail. Interesting. So, um, McElhaney is obviously not hurt and joining coaching of goalies, which is cool. So, I mean, yeah, he's definitely been around the league. Um, he knows what it takes to be an everyday NHLer. Like he was never a superstar, but he knows, everything else about the game besides being a superstar so he was a definitely very valuable goalie to a lot of teams over the course of his career yeah i mean he played everywhere right but um just one thing back to muzzin too 
I guess losing Spezza in the offseason, it's nice to have like another veteran leader like still around the team, like somebody that everybody liked, like you mentioned, that was, uh, you know, a good presence in the dressing room. So, yeah. Well, and if I'm not mistaken. Did we we lose Curtis Sanford in in the sense as well? Maybe. We might have. I haven't heard his name in a while. Um, but like, if, if I'm not mistaken, McElhaney was the backup for Matthews and Marner's rookie year, was he not? I was trying to remember when he played for the Leafs, but that, you might be right. I think He's he checking. was. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I should know this stuff. It's been a, a summer of trying to focus on family, so I'm yeah, a little he would, rusty. He would have been around the, obviously... We sacrificed him for Garrett Sparks, and we know how that turned out. So I'm pretty sure that was around that same time. Oh, yeah, geez, 16, 17, 17, 18. Wow. Good call. Um, other Leafs news. We got Nikki Bobby getting sent down to the Marlies while Fraser Minton's making the opening lineup. Ah, a lot of people said they saw this coming. It was nice to see, you know, Fraser Minton being a little breakout star, but I mean, it, it hurts. Uh, you know, Robertson's had a really tough couple of years stint, stunted by, you know, like what was it, mono and a broken leg and then there was COVID. It's just the guy's not had a good like full season. So it's it's really rough to see that, you know, other people are going to start surpassing him and maybe it's, uh, it's going to be the end of the road soon. Well, I don't know if I would go as far as to say the end of the road. Like he showed... To me, he showed a lot of promise this preseason. Like, that's what you want to see from a guy in his position because he was flying all over the ice. He was very dangerous offensively. Um, But it might just be the fact that they want him to try to have a full season. And if you're going to have a full season, the type of player that he is, get him top six minutes down on the Marlies rather than bottom six minutes with the Leafs, right? Yeah, I just think that with these other guys, like obviously I don't think Mitten's going to be a full-time guy. Like they're probably going to want to put these, you know, him and Cowan in the same positions. Like I think what we're getting to, and but I mean, I guess by the end of the road is maybe the end of the Leafs time with him. Like I think they might look at moving on from him with all these other prospects starting to maybe take the spot where they thought he'd be. I wonder if it's a, because with Minton, you have the nine games where you can try him out before you can send him back. Um, there's been a lot of talk I know in TSN where they're talking about him really just dominating juniors, getting a crack at team Canada world junior. So I wonder if that's still on the table and it's more so let's get him nine games. Let's get Robertson nine games and let's maybe then on the flip side, go back to putting Nylander back to center and bringing, um, Robertson back up. It's not a bad theory either. Yeah. And so they, there's, there is that chance that they're going to give Minton and Cowan both nine games. Like, have I missed something? Have they, has, is Cowan still in camp? I don't know. I haven't heard anything on, on Easton Cowan. Like I've check. looked at all the transaction pages that I can see, and I have not seen them send him down. He wasn't at the game that Patrick and I were at before I went uh, away to training. So I know he Here. was still in camp then. From Kyle Cushman nine hours ago, for the time being, Fraser Minton, Easton Cowan, and Miko Kokanen remain on the Maple Leafs roster. Still cuts to come. Well, today they sent Kokanen down. It says, oh, here, from Cap Friendly an hour ago, it appeared that McCann and Cowan are on the Leafs roster for now. 
all other players who were in camp have been assigned to the minors and Timmons was placed on IR. This left Toronto $11.4 million above the cap. <laughs> okay. So, like, you could reward Cowan for having a great camp, give him four, five, six. Hell, you can even give him the nine games and then send him down because I think, ultimately, I think the plan for him is to, like like you were saying, Chris, just to dominate Junior. Like, he can go back and he can be a part of that London team. And you saw with how the Hunters were using him towards the end of last season, they have a lot of faith in him. So it's not like they think he's just, you know, a, a plug. They're going to give him the type of minutes that the Leafs want him to get. So he can go down there, he can rule the roost, kind of give him a couple NHL games to say thanks for you know doing what you were supposed to do in the offseason, for putting on a good show in the preseason, and we'll see you next year. Fair. Okay, last thing we got to touch on with the Leafs before we go uh, to the next is Sam Lafferty goes to the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for a fifth-round pick. A lot of people saying this uh, not great because of what they gave up to get him and McCabe, uh, but... I mean, obviously there's salary retention involved and a whole bunch of other things, but yeah, it, it feels like we got less than he was worth, but I mean, the Leafs aren't exactly in a position to get value for anybody being, like I said, 11.4 million over the cap. So, I mean, you get what you can get. Lafferty was a, a good fast piece, but I think we've got a lot of, like we've been talking about all these kids that are coming up that can replace him. And I mean, he's 28. So I think, uh, thanks for your service, but. <laughs> like uh, Ilya Mikheyev, have fun in Vancouver. Yeah, like I was a, l- a little shocked when I saw it at first because his speed is definitely a valuable asset, especially in the bottom half of the lineup to have someone that's that fast. But it's almost like the Kapanen factor. Like he has all that speed, but he doesn't like, it's like his brain can't keep up with it. He doesn't know what to do when he gets there. Well, yeah, and like Mikheyev too. They're just, they're fast, but they can't finish. So, yeah, like, you know. It, it, at least with Lafferty, he did play the physical edge a little bit more than Kapanen and Mikheyev did. But for sure, at this point in time, I definitely do not mind, you know, giving that that extra chance to McCann or Robinson, Minton, whoever over Lafferty, because unfortunately, those type of players are the type of players that you can easily go and get if you need it. Exactly. Hell, it- even Nyes we haven't mentioned. Yeah, I think it's got to play a factor into two is is having some guys that are waiver exempt on this roster that, you know, if we do need to maneuver pieces around through the season, you know, we do have uh, the younger guys who can go up and down and it just creates a little more flexibility in terms of the roster where, as we've seen in previous years, it's we're kind of stuck with what we're stuck with and there's not much we can do about it um, throughout the year. Yeah, and I mean, really... What was I going to say? I had a thought and it just disappeared like poof out of my head. It'll come back to me. Um, oh, shit. Anyway. Oh, yeah. The waiver thing. So it would be we're probably going to lose Lafferty to waivers anyway. So getting a fifth round pick back for him is better than just losing him to nothing. Like we're probably going to lose Martin Jones for. So, I mean, if somebody wants him, he cleared. Oh, yep. Shit. I missed that. Well, I thought he'd go to Tampa or something. I don't know if it was maybe just the fact that it was Dubis doing it. Like, we'll have to see if he puts anybody on waivers with the Penguins. But this is maybe this is a sign that things are changing. The Leafs yeah, like are how does Martin Jones clear someone? 
How does Martin Jones clear waivers, but what's his name last year? The fucking... Harry Satara? Harry Satari doesn't. Like... <laughs> It, this must be a Dubas thing. There's no way. Like, this doesn't make sense. We've been living in a world where absolutely nobody clears waivers just because. And now Martin Jones goes down. Okay, the whatever. Old, the old boys club heard Dubas say we can and we will and decided, you know what? That little fucker, we're not going to let him wave anybody. Oh, fuck. Who's this, okay. who's this 30-year-old nerd coming in here telling us how to do it? You know what? Hey, let's band together and let's, let's give this guy a taste of our piece of our medicine. We don't even want that player, but we're going to claim him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not going to play. That's why I don't get this. Like, it seems like there's a lot of teams that could use Martin Jones. Like, there's a ton of teams that are not in super solid goaltending positions. So, I I don't know, man. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> Let's go to it. So, the Pacific Division. We'll start with the uh, the winners, the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, any? There's not really any changes to this team. They're kind of running back the, uh, the victory squad, if I'm not mistaken. And... Uh, let's see what they can do. I'm, yeah, I don't they, know what else to say about this team. They lost Kessel. They lost Smith. Um, now Smith right, was a Riley Smith. Like, yeah, that was the one. I knew there was something I was forgetting, but yeah. Full yeah, year like Barbashev, though, will be good. Absolutely. I was, yeah, I was going to mention that. He's He was an under, under-the-radar pickup for them, definitely. Um it's in, it'll be interesting to see if you ever hear anything from Robin Leonard again, because um, technically he's still on that team. Is Aiden Hill going to be able to be a full time goalie now that he led them to the promised land, or is Logan Thompson going to come back in? Like Thompson was an all star, played great, and then got hurt. They did have Laurent Brossois as well, but now he's back in Winnipeg. Yeah, and you've got Logan Thompson on 766K. And I mean, they paid Aiden Hill, so he's making almost five mil. But it, the two, that's why I think it, the, it's interesting that somebody like Martin Jones clears because this is not a super solid tested goaltending thing. They got lucky twice. And, you know, here they are. Kind of feels like where the Leafs are at, which is why they have Martin Jones. Anyway. Um, Petrangelo and Shea Theodore are still on the back end. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a good team. Like they're, they're going to be good. I don't know if they'll, um, be as uncontested. What did they only win by? What was the point difference here? They won by two points over Edmonton. I think that might be a little tighter between them and LA just with the, the additions on LA side, but I don't know. I think Vegas is still going to do well. Yeah, I, I still uh, have. Vegas leading the Pacific, I think, going into next year. So what I want to do with all these teams, though, is uh, link it back to the Leafs somehow and what we should watch for in the two games that they'll play against uh, Vegas this year. So, I mean, it's not like there's really any, well, what, Michael Amadio, (laughs) Ben Hutton? (laughs) I I would more so say, like, because you had those two years in a row, you had McDavid and Eichel, and then you had Matthews. So... Does is Eichel now the better young U.S. centerman? He's won a cup. Interesting. Yep. So that's how I would look at it. Like, obviously, you have the Amadio thing. You could poke fun at that. But realistically, that's probably the way I'd lean. Because now everybody always said, you know, McDavid's better than Eichel. Matthews is better than Eichel. Because Eichel never even made a playoff series. Well, then now he goes to the Knights and they win the damn cup. That's a good point. I, I like that one. I wonder if looking at that game is we've 
quote-unquote have added snot to our lineup to be more prepared for the playoffs. And the Golden Knights, current Stanley Cup champions, do it better than nobody else. So I think that's a good measuring stick in terms of, you know, how can our stunt and this, this toughness that we added and puck moving on the back end with Klingberg, how does it stack up to, you know, the defending Stanley Cup team? Yeah, exactly. I think at the end of the day, the the biggest thing to take away from it is how do we stack up against the Stanley Cup champs, right? Like on every level, like you said, um, it's going to be the the measuring stick. So uh, nothing else there, I think. Let's move on because I don't want to spend too much time on the West because <laughs> we only got a couple games <laughs> against everybody. It's just the way it is. You know, we're a Leaf show. Okay, next up, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, same deal. It's going to be, you know, who's better between Connor and Leon and Matthews and Marner. Um, we get the return of Zach Hyman, <laughs> always I, Connor Brown, I Cody Cc. Wrong. It's it's the Edmonton Maple Leafs. The Edmonton Maple Leafs. Yeah, I'm going down this list. It's insane. Cody. Uh, oh, Jack Campbell. But um, I totally forgot Tyson Berry's not there anymore. No, he's in Nashville now. He is. Well, that's the only significant change I'd say is here. We got Matthias Ekholm coming in. Um, that's going to be pretty tough, I think. Having a full season of Ekholm, I think, is going to do wonders for the Oilers. Um, I think you might see a little bit of a bounce back with Gamble because having – I know it's only one guy, but having a, a, a large minute munching defenseman, like he's going to eat up a lot of those hard minutes on the back end because that's what he's always done and he's been consistent. So that's like that's the type of defenseman that the, everybody's been saying the Leafs have needed forever. Yeah. So if Stuart Skinner keeps progressing the way he has, and if Campbell can have a little bit of a bounce back, I think that they have a very good chance of challenging Vegas for first in the division. And unfortunately it's about, like you said, about the same narrative in my mind anyways, between the Leafs and the Oilers that, you know, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Matthews, like obviously McDavid's on a tier of his own, but you know, a couple years ago, there was no question Matthews was above Drysaddle. A couple years before that, Drysaddle was above Matthews. Like it's, it, it's that that swinging pendulum, right? Yeah, that matchup this year is going to be really the Battle of Ontario, or the Battle of Ontario, Battle of Canada in terms of really who's <laughs> going to come out in in terms of you know that could be a Stanley Cup final matchup right there. Um, yeah, in terms really. of the teams, I, I'm curious to see as to how um, it kind of seems like throughout the off season. You could see McDavid talk in interviews that he needs to take his game to not only just another level, but on the defensive side too. And just, you know, it's not about putting up. I think this was his like, hey, look, I can go and score at will um, if you think you're just going to hand out the um, heart trophy to Matthews because he puts up 60 points. But he's going to, I think, going to turn his game around and go, look, we don't need to win 5-4. Let's, you know, let's win 3-1. Let's win these tighter games let's play stronger defensive systems and that's what i'm interested to see edmonton break out and and take it another level and in, in that uh system yeah exactly like i think the combination of having darnell nurse and tyson berry is kind of like the same problem that the leafs ran into where they were leaving their goalies hung out to dry so i think having like a more solid defense behind what is obviously like a powerhouse offense. It's going to be a really dangerous Oilers team for a change instead of just McDavid feeling like he's scoring, like you said, like a, a seven, five game just because they have to. So 
But, uh, I'm to, looking forward to it. Not to mention you have another full season of Bouchard being in the NHL. Like I saw him play a couple times for London when he was in the OHL. That kid's an incredible young defenseman. Like it really annoys me that he went to Edmonton because I don't want to see Edmonton do super well. <laughs> um, but yeah, having him have that extra year under his belt, I, I think that'll go a long way as well. Okay, so next up we've got the LA Kings, who I think are going to be a challenge to both the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers for first place here. It's going to be so tight. Uh, with the addition of Pierre-Luc Dubois, their centers are just stacked. And, of course, the Leafs... Uh, <laughs> Leaf, there's always somebody on every team. we got the Trevor Moore thing which just comes and bites us in the ass, I swear, every time we play them. Trevor Moore, Carl Grundstrom. Oh, yeah, Grundstrom, too. At least uh, Dursey's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. That one was horrible every time we played them. <coughs> but, that, like, Pardon one me, big thing. Cold here. Oh, <clears throat> I, I guess technically you have David Riddick as well. Um, oh, my God, big save Dave is there? <laughs> <clears throat> or Holy, he is. He- no save Dave for the last couple of years. Um, <laughs> Sorry, their goaltending lineup is Phoenix Copley, Cam Talbot, and Dave Riddick. Okay, I take it back. They have some issues back there. That's what I was just going to get at. The media loves to poke fun at the Leafs and, oh, Samsonov's not proven. Joseph Wall's not proven. But neither is Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot. Yeah, Cam Talbot, who spent all of last year injured. Not well. That's part of being in Ottawa. Surprised you're not injured all the time. Um, yeah, I don't get it. But... <laughs> Every goalie that goes to Ottawa just like falls apart. I don't get you it. You guys, and you guys even had Dominic Hoshik and he got hurt. Every goalie in Ottawa falls apart. I don't get it. They should probably like, stop uh, trading away goalies. This is true. Philip Gustafson, Robin Leonard, Ben oh. Bishop. Oh my God! Robin yeah. <laughs> Forgot they had um, Gustafson too. Uh, what was I saying? Like even Cam Talbot when he was in Minnesota, they had so little faith in him. They went out and got Flurry. He's thirty six, right? Holy shit! Like I didn't realize Talbot was that old already. He's a good, serviceable defense or goalie, but he's not. I, I I haven't seen anything from him in the past four years that has said he's a top of the line starting goaltender for a team that seriously thinks that they're contenders. I mean, the last one I would say, like, I mean, his run from 19 to 22 here with the Flames in the Wild played um, 10 playoff games with the Flames with a 242 and 924. So, I mean, he was at least good in the playoffs there. And the next year with the Wild, he played seven playoff games with a 245 and a 923. So he's it was good until the next year with the Wild, I guess. Shit the bed. So Still I mean, gotta get there though. Yeah, you got to get there. But I mean, at least he's proven that in the playoffs he is pretty good. Um, otherwise, yeah, he's old, so <laughs> no telling <laughs> that he could do it this year. I don't know. It's like it's it, there. I'm not convinced that between him and I didn't realize Dave Riddick's only 31. I thought this guy was like 40 years old. <laughs> like anytime these goalies have been on every single team, I figure it's like they're at the end of their career, not in the middle of it. But like L.A. is in a weird situation. They've got some good young defensemen, Mikey Anderson, Tobias Bjornfoot. Brant Clark looks like he's going to be a stud. Um, you still have Doughty kicking around. 
they signed Gavrik. They got Gavrikov from Columbus last year and, and extended him. So they do have a half decent decor. You still got Kopitar, who is maybe one of the most underrated centers of the last ten years. Like I don't think that's a stretch to say that defensively, the guy's been incredible. Yeah, and I mean, he just signed for a three million dollar less deal for them, so that's nice. Yeah. They added Dubois, so you have Kopitar, Dubois, Deneau as your top three centers. And if, okay, even if you want to put Deneau on fourth and have Byfield in there, if he can actually do what he's supposed to. Like, they do have some good young talent mixed in with some guys who have been around, so they're they're a dangerous team. Yeah, and the other thing is they got a lot younger this year. They were a team that over the last few years had, you know, been swaying to the older side, and that was kind of their, their trouble. But Kopitar at 36 is really the oldest one, and then it kind of skips down to 30 before you know, anybody, anybody else is there. So I think they've, they've done a good job of getting faster and younger. Doughty as well. And Trevor Lewis. Yeah. But I mean, Doughty's only 33. So that's ancient. Yeah. Not for defensemen. Anyway, (laughs) uh, moving on, let's go to Seattle. So the Kraken had a uh, pretty good year last year with uh, former leaf, Jared McCann. (laughs) And um, I don't know. What do we think about how they're going to do this year? They've had a lot. You want to take this one first, Chris? Yeah, they've lost a lot of players. I'm um, just looking over their list. They lost, um, you know, if you listen to Jeff Merrick, Daniel Sprong, an, an absolute legend. Uh, I think Carson Soucy on the back end. Uh, Martin Jones, who kind of anchored them to some wins. And really all they brought in was Kyler Yemen, Yamamoto and Pierre Edward Bellemeyer. And I just don't see them. I don't see them progressing in a forward progression. I think Beniers will take a step um, in terms of how this links up with the Leafs. I, the McCann Bowl, I guess. <laughs> you know yeah. what uh, that that um, horror of a trade, I guess, uh, in hindsight. But um, it's. Uh, I don't think it looks good for them personally. Yeah, I don't think they'll be able to maintain what they did last year. I think they, they kind of got lucky with a lot of guys having really good offensive seasons that weren't really supposed to. So, I don't know. I'm not saying Jared McCann's not going to score, what was it, 40 goals again? But, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I think, realistically, yeah, you, got, you, 40 have goals. Just, Jesus. <laughs> you have to just hope that a couple of the young kids, like if McCann can even do a little bit less than than what he did last year. I think that'll be golden because nobody expect him to come in and get 40. No. Like Ty Carches looks like he's going to be a good young player for them. Came in towards the end of the season. Matty Beniers needs to, you know, keep progressing. Um, Belmare is a, a sneaky addition because he's one of those players I always hated playing against when he was on Tampa because he just, he doesn't do anything spectacularly, but he does everything right. That's fair. Um, and then Ellie Tolvanen, like the fact that they got him for nothing from Nashville. Like Waiver this kid claim. Is, yeah. Yeah, he's supposed to be a sniper. So a full season with the Kraken, maybe get some chemistry with some of the other kids like Tolvanen, Carte, and Veneers. That would be a deadly line. What's crazy, I'm looking at, they still have nine guys from their expansion on the team, which is drastically different than what Vegas did, where by the time they hit the ice, I don't think there was anybody left from their expansion draft. <laughs> Yeah. And then if I'm not mistaken, I think Joey Decord was injured before the start of last season, was he not? I think like so, yeah. 
Yeah, he just resigned for for prior. two years with one point two with them as well. Yeah, so like I know he's a backup, but even though Jones was getting wins, I don't think his numbers were that great last year. No, I think he was, high, if I remember correctly, high twos and it was like low nines, or actually just even below nine. Um, yeah, wasn't but stellar. they were still getting wins, so yeah. no one was really complaining, right? So if you have Grubauer go at least even somewhat to what he's supposed to be, Decord's healthy, you know, give a 60-40 split, like just over 50-50, and I think that they maybe not do exactly what they did last year, but I think they'll still be respectable and probably, I'd say they're making playoffs. I mean, they have to beat Calgary, Vancouver, San Jose, and Anaheim. So it's not like it's a tough road for them, but I do think Calgary and Vancouver are going to be a little tougher than they were last year. So that's, I think, the only challenge for for the Kraken. Anyway, uh, let's go on to Calgary. So a new coach and uh, some... I guess a fresh start for some newer faces there. So do we think that Huberto is going to turn it around? I yeah, think he, I think he can. I think he has that, um, that in his repertoire. I think unleashing him a little bit, like when you hear back to uh, what Daryl Sutter was doing in terms of like never even practicing power play in a sense. Um, and, you know, certain decisions where it's like, Hey, we're going to send out, um, Nick Ritchie to go take a um, <laughs> to take a, sh- a penalty shot goal or a, sh- a shootout. Yeah, a shootout, it? and it's just like what season what, on the line. Yeah, what decisions are we making here? It's like, oh, but he's a good working kid. Like, no, he's not a stone well, you know, hand. He, uh, he was working real hard in the uh, practices. And I wanted, ah. to, uh, wanted to give him, you know, a chance to uh, show the team what he's got there, and uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> things don't work out. That's, that's a great impression. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but like, it just—it's nice to see some of these dinosaurs leave, and I think um, I think players overall will be happier. Um, it'll be interesting to see how some of these guys let loose a little bit more, um, and to see what potential we can get out of some of these, uh, how they can get potential out of some of those other guys that they've spent a lot of money signing. Huberto and Kadri. Uh, I think Kadri had a down year. Um, comparison to what he was coming off of, obviously with Cal- Colorado. So, yeah, it, and uh, I mean Michael Backlund taking a, a bit of a pay cut to stick around too helps the team out a bit. Um, you know, one of those things that everybody says Leafs should do. Nice to see that some like, people do it. <laughs> another player that a lot of people don't realize wasn't even there last year was Oliver Shillington. Like, he is a good young defenseman, and he took a year away. For, I don't know if his personal reasons or family issues or something, he went back over to Sweden to be with his family. So there was some stuff he had to get sorted out, and he's back. Like that is a big piece on their blue line from the year prior. So he's on LTIR. Uh, maybe he got hurt during the preseason, but he he is back over this year. Gotcha. Um, but so if he can be healthy, like the kind of onto the Babcock situation and i'm not going to get too deep into that but some of the things that sutter does is just a cancer to the team like wasn't it late in the season last year jacob pelliche came up and played a great game for the flames and the reporters asked sutter about it afterwards and he's like who like if you're a veteran on that team that can that's got to be so demoralizing 
to see your coach just completely embarrass this young kid who came up and is busting his balls to try to make the team. Like little things like that can just be a complete killer in the room. Yeah, Matt Coronado looks like he's going to be making the team. Um, Jacob Peltier, like you do have some young kids and then you have, you know, Kadri hoping to make an impression and have a good season to warrant his contract that he signed. Huberto, I cannot see him not bouncing back. Yeah, I mean, the guy broke records with Florida. I think it only makes sense that he rebounds with a new coach there. But just an update on the Shillington thing. This is from four hours ago. Uh, Oliver Shillington personal was placed on LTIR on Monday. He missed the entirety of training camp and is unclear when he will be available to return. So he has not come back. The story was that he had come back, so that's not good to hear. Hopefully, whatever it is gets sorted and he can come back. That's rough. Um, Okay, so... San Jose Sharks. Chris, you want to start this one? San Jose Sharks, I have, honestly, bottoming out. There's nothing interesting about this team whatsoever. <laughs> um, I think Carlson's gone. Burns is gone, obviously, two years ago now. Um, I feel sorry for Logan Couture, who's just over there on an island by himself. On LTIR, apparently, too. Oh, great. Even better. I just this is what I'm finding out this is why we do these because we learn things in the moment also did we touch on what's what are we looking for from Calgary and uh and the Leafs this year I guess the the return of Kadri yeah yeah that's about all they've got uh Logan Couture lower body was placed on non-rostered injured reserve given week-to-week tag earlier in the uh, offseason oof was injured before training camp Ooh. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to have a good year. So on LTIR, they've got him, Radim Simic, Jacob McDonald, season opening injured reserve, Mitchell Russell and Nikita Okotiek, and uh, buried Oscar Lindblom. It's just like dead cap, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, buyout Jones. Like this team's a disaster of money. Yeah, they've got some some young kids that are are supposed to be decent prospects um, that it's looking like have potentially made the team at a camp. <clears throat> Excuse me, but there's not many storylines with this team this year. No, they've like, got uh, two million in cap space somehow, even though they've got Mark Ed- Edward Vlasic for seven mil for another three years. That's insane. <laughs> uh, My God, page right now, and it is depressing this year. Yeah, like you yeah. look at the money they're spending, it's they got 37 mil on forwards, 18 mil on defensemen, and five mil on goalies, and they somehow have no cap space left. Like <laughs> it makes you horrible. wonder if Thomas Hurdle's regretting re-signing that contract. Oh my god, yeah. I'm looking at he's there till the end of 2030 unless he uh asks for a he's got a no move. Uh 25, 26 to 27, 28, uh three team trade list. Interesting. I wonder what three teams he would go to. Um, more like what three teams could actually afford him. But um, like William Eklund, he was their high-end draft pick from a couple years ago. If he can make the team and make an impact, that might be a little bit of a bright spot. Um, I'm just trying to go through the names here. Philip Sedina, that was the player. Eh. It, it'll be interesting to see if he can do something, right? Like when he was drafted, he was chirping, saying that all the teams that passed him, he's going to fill their net. Clearly, it never happened with Detroit. But the fact that a player that young 
is willing to mutually terminate his contract and bet on himself to go sign somewhere else. Like that's saying something. Um, All we can hope for is they win more than eight home games like they did last year because that is fucking (laughs) embarrassing, man. That's so bad. Like what are your your season ticket holders are rioting at that point? Eight for what's that? Eight out of 41 at home. They went eight, 22 and 11. Can you imagine watching 11 overtime losses at home? Oh, they they do have one of the best names in the league on the team. Who does Shakir, Shakir Mukamadulin? Oh, cool. Um, and also one of their goalies, Itu Makiniemi. Nice. That's um, definitely Finnish. Yes. Nice. But then they've Go also got Kakinen still, and they signed Mackenzie Blackwood. So, eh, I don't. I honestly, I don't want to waste any more time. On the <laughs> San Jose Sharks. Okay, Vancouver. Um, it, it, but with the it, Leafs, it'll be the Barabanov Bowl. Oh, yeah. Barabanov, always. So, obviously, the uh, the big news out of Vancouver is that they finally named a captain. But, uh, uh-oh, it was not Elias Patterson. It's Quinn Hughes. Awkward. Awkward? I think that's awkward. Yes and no. Um, I think Hughes is probably the better choice. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but Pedersen, to me, doesn't seem like the type of player who even wants the responsibility of being a captain. Like, some players just don't want it, right? Actually, yeah, he's also an RFA at the end of this year, so I don't think you want to give the C to somebody and then immediately go to negotiation with them. Yeah, I, I think... Go, well, I'm the captain, so you're going to pay me more for that. The thing, too, is while we see, like, hey, this player's the best player, you know, who talks in the locker room? Who's leading the guys day in and day out and that's what we don't see so i'm sure them selecting hughes obviously 23 year old probably not a bad pick at the end of the day and obviously with them not having elias Pettersson locked up for a long term it kind of makes sense um i'm actually aside I'm, I'm wondering you know what's the play in terms of leafs captaincy if we if we're talking about captaincy in terms of when does that handoff happen because i think we all know which way it should go at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I feel like if we, am I wrong that if we start that, they're going to bring up the reason that he wasn't in the first place again and we're going to have to go through that whole thing? Probably. Like, as soon as anyone starts talking about it, they go, well, there was that time. And then I don't know if that'll be good for Matthews. And I feel like they might be trying to protect him from that. I don't know. That's tough. Hmm, I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> Mikheyev's hurt, or I would say it's the Mikheyev bowl. I don't know. What do we got for Vancouver? Um, Not really a whole ton. There's yeah. nothing, man. It's like, don't I never give up, care don't about Don't give up like games. three shorthanded goals and lose the game. Bowl? Oh, guys, what am I talking about? Sam Lafferty. <laughs> oh, yeah. The bald head bowl. <laughs> Who who frees up number 28 that everybody uh, thinks should go to Domi, which 100% I agree with. it should. 100%. You have Dakota Joshua, who was a Leafs draft pick, who's on the Canucks back in 2014. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, we're, 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 we're stretching a little bit here. Okay, so last one here, the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, who? They got a lot of draft picks uh, this year. They got 
a first, two seconds, three thirds, and all the rest of them. So, um, uh, I don't know, man. Leo Carlson, Mason McTavish, that'll be fun. They got some some fun young kids. I don't know, man. This team's not good though. <laughs> I ha- I have them finishing actually above the Sharks. Um, they should. In, they should. Saying. They should fall backwards into that realistically. Um, but I think that. Um, with them, I, you're going to have a lot of young talent there. Troy Terry, I, I would like to see him get back to where he was. Um, I don't want to leave the trade for him, if I'm being honest. Um, but other than just seeing some good young talent and some exciting hockey, maybe some more Michigan's flip over the nets, um, anything in that nature. Other than that, there's, yet again, <laughs> they're fighting for <laughs> draft yep, picks. You know, they only you know what uh, I'm looking forward to for the Leafs Ducks? What's that? Reeves beating the shit out of Radko Gudis. Oh yeah. Oh baby, yes. There is something there. Um Do you think it they happens were, though? Minus they were minus 129 goal differential last year. Holy shit. <laughs> they they would have beat San Jose, but it was all the overtime losses that San Jose had. They ended up having more points. Do you think they actually, actually will oh, fight? For being honest, um, I, Reeves is kind of the cocky person that I think he would like. He he was asked and he mentioned it, like he brought the scenario up. I feel like he might just because he feels like that's why he was brought in here specifically. Like that was one of the things on like at the top of the checklist is get revenge for this. It's like, well, we only got two games against him. We're not going to face him in the playoffs. Why the fuck not? Let's go. Yeah. Uh, also, we're going to hear another season of where is John Gibson getting traded? <laughs> oh, well, he gets hung out to dry again. Oh, well, Definitely so hung out to dry. Um, I guess that that finishes off that uh, the Pacific Division. Do we think what are, what are the changes going to be here? I mean, we've talked the top three are obviously uh, the Golden Knights, the Oilers and the Kings. Um, any shifting there? I actually I think Calgary sneaks in. I agree with that. Yeah, that's what I had too. Is, is Calgary leapfrogs the Kraken, and then it goes kind of Canucks, Ducks, Sharks. Yep, I agree. Vegas, Edmonton, L.A. probably stays about the same. Maybe Edmonton comes in first. It's pretty up. That's pretty much a toss up. I don't think L.A. is going to beat either of them though. Yeah, Calgary probably makes that last one. Agreed. Okay. Um, we should go through the central a little quicker because I didn't think we, oh my gosh, it's already, yeah, we're, we're going. Um, okay. So Colorado, <laughs> any changes and any leaf storylines? Oh, Jonathan Druins on Colorado now, man, this guy just yes. fucking hops around the league. 900 Thomas Tatar. Part of me thinks Druin might actually be a, a decent sleeper this season. He's already 28. My him God, and Ma- him and McKinnon were gold in the juniors together. Yeah, could be. I didn't know they played together. Forgot about that. Yeah, for the Halifax Mooseheads. There you go. Uh, bu- 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 bu. So yeah, I mean, they, they got they, wasn't Bowen got, Byram hurt last year? Yeah, he battled injuries. They got Ryan Johan- Johansson in from Nashville. Um, Duran. They picked up Ross Colton from the Lightning. Miles Wood, Thomas Tatar. Round out the bottom yeah. six. Wow, they made a lot of changes here. Yeah. Holy so shit, Macar, they're gonna be good. 
Makar had a lot of injury problems last year as well. So even if you get health out of Makar, health out of Byram, health out of Taves, I, I think that they're going to do just as well, if not slightly better. Is there Agreed. any word on any news on Landis Cog? I don't done think he's going to play. Yeah, done for the season. Yeah, that's what I heard too. That's a shame because he's, I mean, didn't he just resign with them? Yep. Fuck yeah, till the end of 29. Oh my God, poor guy. Well, um, anything with the Leafs here? Eh, just best on best, like McKinnon and, Mc- and uh, Matthews. I think that's really it. There's no, yeah, pretty much. No X Leafs on this one. Yeah, nothing. I'm even trying to nope. pull the beaner and see who they got in the minor system to see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, the Dallas Stars. Sagan, Ben, Hints, Robertson, and Mason Marchment, Mr. X-Leaf, that everyone thinks we should have kept. So that's always the fun one to play against because he's really good, except last year he was meh, but still pretty good. He was mid beyond Goal belief. He's right there. Did you say he's mid beyond belief? Yeah, last year he was. Yeah. I'm in fantasy. I had to drop him really early on. Same. That's the, why I'm remembering he was meh last year. I was like, wait a sec. Um, yeah, other than that, there's nothing interesting here. Oh, shit. I dropped a thing on my guitar. Sorry. So wasn't it last year against the Stars that it was the Battle of the Robertson Brothers where Nicky Bobby had an amazing game? Yep. Um, hopefully we can turn that into hopefully. a storyline. Maybe Cowan plays a couple games, gets sent down, and Nicky Bobby comes up. They're they're a good team. They're a legitimate contender. Oh, um, yeah, they are. Wyatt Johnson, Tidal Andrea... Obviously, Robertson, Pavelski, all the all the big boys you named. Like, there's not a lot of holes in this team. And then you have arguably one of the best, if not the best, goaltenders in the league. That's well, definitely the best. That's not Russian. <laughs> yeah, and best that's healthy, probably. Mm, valid point. Yeah, they also added um, Matt Duchesne in the off season, right? Oh shit! Yep. True. It's going to be a dangerous team, man. I mean, they got to go up against Colorado. They're loading up. Uh, next one, also dangerous team, the Minnesota Wild. Rocking uh, Philip Gustafson in net with Marc-Andre Fleury backing him up. It's a good tandem. Uh, you know, I'd love to see Kirill Kaprizov just absolutely explode this year because I've got him in a lot of my fantasy teams. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, there's no... I don't see any ex-leafs on here. Am I wrong? Um, they definitely don't have any studs, defensive defenseman-wise. Sorry, I'm just scrolling through the team here. No, I mean Jared um, Spurgeon has been there forever. Jacob Middleton, yeah. like Kalen Addison's young. He's supposed to be like he's supposed to turn out to be a, a good player, but there, there's definitely some questions defenseman-wise but they have been a solid team for a handful of years now, and they've been pretty successful with if they lose a guy, they have a prospect or they're able to find someone that they can plug in. Like who would have thought Zuccarello would have came there and and done as well as he did. Oh, he's been fantastic. And again, somebody who's taken a pay cut to uh, stick around for another two years. They got uh, Darty's boy, fat Pat. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Patty Maroon. (laughs) Love to see that one. 
So maybe it's that. We don't have Shen anymore, but the Leafs have always loved getting at it with Maroon. Or you could have the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury gave Keefe his job. So there's that as well. Yeah. And I mean, also of note, this is one of the two years where they're taking a $14.7 million cap hit for uh, Parise and Suter. So it makes sense that there's some holes on defense here and they're not completely short up. But like, look, they, they've got the guys... You know that have been there: Kaprizov, Boldy, Zuccarello. Erickson Eck is consistent. Like, I yeah. I think they'll they'll make it up, but it's still going to be a tough year where they're they're kind of handicapped by their own insane contracts. Okay, uh, the uh, Winnipeg Jets who just resigned Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley today to identical. Seven times eight point five deals. What do we think of that? Uh, that okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shifley's not worth that anymore whatsoever. Um, I saw that today and I was like, "Oh, they locked him up." So okay, that's great. And then I saw it was eight point five, and my jaw hit the floor. Um, they are both thirty years old. Like it's. That is astonishing. Um, the fact, like, Hellebuck can still hold it and probably regretting that contract five, four to five years down the road. But Mark Shifley, I don't know, that guy just plays less and less defense every year. Um, not to mention they've and, also <laughs> lost everybody else. So it's just... you think he's going to play more defense when he's 37 years old? Yeah. Like, guy's just going to stand at the at the blue line and just wait for pucks. 38, sorry, because it kicks in next year. Both these guys will be 38, making $8.5 million. That is, that's painful. That's going to be a shitty buyout. <laughs> sounds like, unfortunately, uh, it's basically that the stay in Winterpeg contract, yeah, right? Like, that's, that's pretty much it. But, like, even if you wanted to, say you talk to Hellebuck and you're like, hey, if we want to trade you, we got to get you on like an attractive deal to move at least. Like you can't even get him out on that. Like everybody was talking about where is Hellebuck going to go if they can't re-sign him. Like on this deal, he's fucked. Like he's going to waste away no matter what Winnipeg does. He's stuck there. See, honestly, I could see a team biting on Hellebuck at 8.5. For that was it, long? Because like what you're taking on... Like, 9.5 to 10 is what he wanted. Isn't that yeah, what the rumor for was? like three years? Maybe I would do that. But the fact that it's seven means that like at some point you're going to have to buy this thing out or someone's going to have to, you're going to be paying somebody to take it on retained or something like it's not going to be fun when he's 36, 37, 38. I mean, I could be wrong. He could hold it together that long, but fuck like, especially Shifley, Shifley more so than Hellebuck. You're going to yeah. be stuck with this deal. Like this is gonna. This is like Parise two point Like why are you? Why are you paying? Oh my god, this hurts. He's, the majority of these managers are not going to be in the same position they're in when that contract ends. Oh god, no. So even if you trade for it, like it's not a smart, smart career decision if you want to become a general manager again in the league. Shoveldale does but, not give a shit about that anymore. Well, no, right? Like so, it you kind of had to do it. Because you're not going to get someone worthwhile to replace either of them. The team thinks they're still a, a playoff team anyways. Not, I'm not going to say they think they're a contender. But they think they're a playoff team. And if you're going to give up on your number one center and your star goalie, 
then that's going to just send a ripple effect down your entire team that no, we're rebuilding. I'm look- I feel like everyone thought they were going to rebuild though. Yeah. Like outside of those, like, okay, you have Kyle Connor, you have Mark Shifley, you have Nikolai Zeeler. It's just like a bunch of guys that are just essentially mid. Like it'll be interesting to see what steps like Cole Perfetti takes and uh, Gabe Velarde in their games. But like, Nino Niederreiter's there. Yeah, but like I think what Nino Niederreiter's thirty-one. Um, oh my god, he is Alec, too. Right? Like, there's no like. What does the bottom of this team look like? It's just Vlad Domestikov, thirty. Right? Like, there's a lot of this. Like, you should be amply turning it, like turning it over. Like, you're last year Shifley, six years, trade him at the deadline. Retain half, three million. That's it. That problem's done. Take the picks, run with it, build your team. You know, we saw that. Yeah, I feel like they built something that just didn't work. Like we're at the end of the road for this this team, and it feels like they're doubling down and re-signing a bunch of thirty-year-olds for extended deals to say no, we can still do this. And I feel like it's you just got to rip the bandaid off and move on. They're they're doing the yeah. Penguins without Crosby and Malkin and Latang and exactly. And like Josh Morrissey's not going to go for a a Norris season again. Like, I mean, we'll see. But him and Pionk, they're they're the only things holding down on the back end. Like, what do you got? Nate Schmidt, you're paying six million dollars to. Like, great. Brendan Dillon, Dylan DeMello. Like, it's all old, aging blue line. Yeah, and you still they got dead cap from Blake Wheeler. Like, oh, at least they got their picks. I don't know. Kid-wise, you have Brad Lambert from a couple years ago. Um, he's a promising prospect. They got Kupari and Villardi in the Dubois deal. So you have them coming up. But, yeah, it's it's a pretty dry pipeline. Um, Billy Hinola is supposed to have been a, a, a stud defenseman coming up through the pipeline for them for a while, but he just hasn't been able to stick. You always have Logan Stanley, right? Like, nothing's better than beating the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of beating the Leafs, <laughs> moving on to the Nashville Predators, we've got Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Tyson Berry and Luke Shen. So uh, there's your storyline, everybody that left us. <laughs> yeah, I, I found much. it interesting that O'Reilly and, and Shen both went the same place. I mean, good for Shen getting, what was that, 2.75 for three years? Yeah. Yeah. Great. I still swear to God, I would have given him eight years by $2 million. Yeah, like, really. I wish they'd done everything they could to keep him around, especially now that we're but, looking at the defense and it's like, fuck. <laughs> Someone's hurt already. Talking. That's my heart talking because I love the guy. Well, honestly, I mean, I would have given him 2.75. I think, well, maybe they couldn't. Whatever. He wanted to leave. <clears throat> Ryan O'Reilly got, what, four times, four and a half? It's not bad. They gave I'm, him the A. The more I look over their, yeah. their roster, the very abysmal their front end looks o'reilly nyquist scissors glass whoa yeah it falls off real quick eh ryan o'reilly's their highest paid forward at four and a half million now uh philip forsberg's on ir yeah he's on ir so he's he's hitting down a little bit but that's that's not a pretty looking because duchene's gone yep johansson's gone matthias ekholm gone you're basically hoping that some of these kids can can fill into some of their potential. Like Luke Evangelista, good young player. Cody Glass was the, if I'm not mistaken, he was the Vegas Golden Knights' first ever pick. 
Um, he's never really stuck in the league. Uh, Kiefer Sherwood, Sissons has bounced around for a while. Actually, he's getting up there in age. Philip Tomasino, good young player. Like they do have some promising players, but it's 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 not not looking good. So I'm I was just quickly looking based on forwards. They have 28%. So Philip Forsberg's not included in this, but 28% of their cap is um, allocated towards forwards. The next closest team is the Blackhawks at 46.7. Holy. So even if Philip Forsberg comes back, they're still under the Blackhawks in terms of what they spend on forwards. I mean, I know they're a defensive team, but that's ridiculous. But we say that about their forwards with Predators, but you look at their defense, Roman Yossi, you have Barry, who defensively he's nothing, but offensively he is good. Alexandra Carrier has been a serviceable defenseman. Dante Fabro, Ryan McDonough, Luke Shen. Like, they've got a, a pretty decent decor, to be honest. Oh, yeah. But, you know, not all those guys other than Tyson Barry really are going to be scoring you a ton of goals. Well, Yossi's a borderline 100-point defenseman. Yeah, but, well, yeah, I guess if you're doing that, then what's Tyson Berry doing? Like, I feel like they're with him, you run into the same thing that the Leafs did, unless you're putting him on PP1, like giving him all the, the minutes that you already give to Yossi. Like, it's going to be one or the other. Yeah. Um, do, 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 Nashville. Okay, St. Louis. St. Louis Blues. They should for the love of God, do better this year. They had a really bad season last year after a really good year where like everyone scored a ton of goals and they signed everybody because of it. And then they just went like under 500. So um, do we think they bounce back? Honestly, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) No faith in Bennington. No, I, I really hope that Reeves has some, some little, tension left towards Bennington from the Minnesota St. Louis fiasco that was going on there. Cause they played a lot out in the West, but like the team's been slowly losing all the valuable players that played such a big role in that cup team. Like O'Reilly Steen, Bozak, uh, Petrangelo. Um, oh yeah. They're Tarasenko. all gone. Like they're, they're all gone. So, okay. Bucinevich is a good player. Kapanen's over there now. Oh my god, yeah. he is! I just noticed. Like, Braden Shen's a new captain. Robert Thomas is supposed to be stepping up. Kyrou's supposed to be stepping up. They do have some players, but I don't, I don't see it. Like Perunovic has been a defenseman, a defensive prospect for them for a while. That Blues fans have been wanting to come up. The and one, he's just the one guy never, I'm, interest, I'm interested on is is uh, Sammy Bias. And what he can do in terms of being healthy and playing a full season. He only got into 31 games last year, had 20 points in terms of a, a depth, kind of probably a third line left winger. Plays a heavy game as well. Sammy play, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They got him on a million, so that's a, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, it seems like they're taking a chance on a couple of guys, but really this... Oh, Jakob Verana's there. Wow, Yeah. I don't know, Kairou, Thomas, and Shen, Buchnevich, like they all had those 20 goal seasons and, you know, they locked Kairou and Thomas up for till the end of 2031 at $8 million each. So, you know, they got to the, they got to build something around these guys. Like, I, I think we're going to see them if they don't start off well, they're going to have to make some moves to uh, 
to build a better team here. Like, I don't think they're going to bail on this. They're going to have to figure out how to help these two out. <laughs> like, they've really doubled down on a few guys. I was just and looking. Not that I want to. Oh, sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I was just looking at actually, like, a lot of the guys are taking risk on. They brought on kind of late in the year. Like, Jacob Rana had 14 points in 20 games uh, with St. Louis, 10 goals, four assists. So it's interesting to see. Like, I think it'd be nice to see if Bennington can figure something out, either fight, get that monkey off the back, or do what you need to do. But um, it, it's interesting because that team, like, to your point at the beginning was. You know, everybody was scoring goals um, and whatnot, and the, it's what got them their contracts. And then everybody on that team was like minus thirty. If you had them in fantasy last yeah. year, it was like they would still kind of put up points, but it, ultimately it was like minus thirty, minus twenty-five was those guys, Thomas and Kairou, and it almost made them a detriment to your team in terms of the plus-minus. So they had their they have their woes, and, and then you look at their defense court: Justin Fault, Tory Crew, Colton Pareko three staples on their on their blue line and you just kind of you kind of wonder how how does this go awry with this team but somehow it just did i don't understand what happened last year like i don't watch a ton of their games unless they're playing the leafs really so i don't know what it was i was just like you said watching them in fantasy i tried to grab thomas and Cairo like i had the year before and it just was a disaster well so it, it, this is where it went wrong is is um Jordan Bennington in 61 games was a 331 and an 894. Mm, whoa. That's, you know, do they want Eric Schalgren to go play for them? Like, probably put up better numbers at that point versus, you know, playoff time, we're talking 32 games, uh, uh, 1.89 and a 927. So, and all they've got behind him is Joel Hoffer? Yeah. Oof. So if you look at Bennington... Uh, Bennington's numbers, it's just been a steady decline. Ever since he had his uh, their Stanley Cup run and they won, it's just gone nothing but downhill. Went to his head. All yeah. right, last one here. The Yodis, who, uh, oh boy, the Salt Lake City Coyotes, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see Seriously? what happens with these guys. This, this to me is the, I'm going to watch to see what Alex Kerfoot does, not in <laughs> stuck playing left wing for, uh, with John Tavares and William Nylander and to see Alex Kerfoot get some power play time. I liked him here in Toronto. Um, I may have been one of the few, but I, <laughs> I, I'll be interested to see what they do with them. They've added Jason uh, Zucker um, to this team. So that's... You know, Nick Bustead's back there. Um, and they've got a couple of young players that I think will be interesting to watch going into uh, into this year as well. Logan Cooley, if he plays, as well as also Matthias Maselli to see if he can build off his, his season last year as well. I just love that Zach Sean Sanford. Dersey and Alex Kerfoot are playing together. It's going to be like, the, <sighs> there's your storyline, guys. Like, they're obviously going to score together. And Travis Dermott, come on. Another player that I'm interested to see, um, he spent a little while with the Marlies, is Curtis Douglas. That's yep. that forward who's six foot nine. Oh yeah. <clears throat> like without. At, go ahead. Oh sorry, go ahead, finish yours. Oh, I was just gonna say, like it. As much as I wanted him to succeed with the Leafs, almost strictly just for his size, um, it, it'll be interesting to see him get a chance to get you know full time NHL minutes. 
I was just going to say, without um, without looking, can you guys name the three players taking up $21 million of injured reserve space for the Arizona Coyotes? Oh, injured reserve? Yep. Um, Shea Weber? Yep. Um... I can't think of the other two. The only names that keep popping in my head are Datsu, Kosa, and Pronger, but I think they're all gone. They're all gone now. Yeah, they. I think Datsuk was ended just last year. Uh, <laughs> Voracek? Yep, Voracek. One more. Uh, um, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Brian Little. Oh uh, Jesus. <laughs> $21.4 million in uh, injured reserve between these three guys just so they can hit the floor because even with that, they've still got $5.6 million in cap space and 1, 4, 7, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 draft picks this year. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. They have Salt, three Salt seconds this year and prospects. four. Three seconds this year and four seconds the year after and three seconds the year after that. Like, what the hell? Uh, okay, so that's that's the end of that division. Um, do we see any change happening here? I'm, oh, we didn't talk about the Blackhawks. Um, As to your point, that was the end of that division. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, outside of Bedard, there's nothing to watch there. So I don't see just because of that, they might be better than the coyotes, but it's going to be a battle for the bottom between those two. Again, um, St. Louis probably still going to be sixth. What do we got? Then Nashville. I don't, I don't know. It's that middle ground there. The like Minnesota, Winnipeg, Nashville. I see Winnipeg dropping down, but fuck, I don't see Nashville overtaking them. <laughs> Honestly, with regards to playoffs, I see five from the Pacific and three from the central. Yeah. This is a really bad division. <laughs> It's like yeah. Colorado, Dallas, and then Minnesota's like good, and then it just drops off. It's going to be rough. Okay, that's the end of the West. Um, that is the hour mark. Should we uh, maybe do the East in a separate portion, or are you guys down to do another uh, like 45 minutes? You're the, you're the boss, man. I'm game. Mm. Okay, let's do it. Carolina Hurricanes. They're good. They're really good. They're actually really, really good. And uh, now they've got Michael Bunting. So and Dmitry Orlov. That's just a pain in the ass. And Freddie Anderson, who's like apparently good again. Eh, another year in the, in the league for Seth Jarvis. Like, there's there's not a lot of holes on this team. The, no, it's like. Fuck, I'm going down Ajo, Teravine, and Kotkaniemi, Bunting, Nietzsche's. Jeez. Yeah, Seth Jarvis and Slavin, Burns, Brady Shea, Pesci, Tony D'Angelo. Like, fuck, this team's going to be annoying to play against. Who is Ryan Suzuki? I think it's Suzuki's brother. brother. Well, they've got him on season opening injured reserve. Look at that. And Pyotr Kachetkov unburied. Anyway. Um, oh my yeah. gosh. They've they've got um, uh, Robida's son on their team. Wait, what? Justin Robida. 
Holy shit. The island returns. Yeah, look at that. He's in their minor league. <laughs> the island returns. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, so I don't know. It's going to be a fucking pain in the ass team to play against. We're going to play them a lot. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> this this will be just the return of former Leafs, right? You'll have guys going at bunting. Bunting will be trying to get under Marner and Matthew Skin. You have Matthews. He all It always seems like he tries extra hard to score on Freddie. Oh yeah, like so that that'll be the storyline here. They're they're a really good team. The hockey news pegged them as the Cup champions to start the season. So let the fun begin. Uh, another fast, annoying team: the Devils, who've locked up Timo Meyer. They got Jack Hughes locked up. They got Jesper Bratt locked up. Nico Heischer's there. Andre Palat, Tyler Toffoli, Eric Halla. Like it's oh my god, pain in the ass team. Yeah, they're, they're so, another team that's going to be absolute nightmare to play. Um, I, I actually... Akira Schmidt. I completely respect what they do, too, in terms of how they roll their lines, where they're not heavy top six, you know, kind of rough bottom six. Um, I like that they roll a good solid four lines. I, I watched them play here, and it was just... Uh, when they played Toronto, and it, they were on that streak, and it was just relentless hockey. They they were just coming in wave after wave after wave, and it's it's hard to keep up with them. Their average age in their forwards group is twenty six years old. De- on the defense, twenty seven. Goalies, twenty five. Like this is has to be one of the youngest teams in the league. They have Curtis like Lazar. They, they... <laughs> sorry. There's always I think that... he's their oldest player. <laughs> He's got to be one of them. I mean, Eric Halla at 32. No sick at 31. Oh, here, Brendan Smith, 34, is like the oldest person on the team. That's insane. And they really know how to take advantage of this. Like they, like you said, it's wave after wave because they know these guys have the energy to do it. Fuck, man. Uh, next, the Rangers. Honestly, I think the Rangers are going to take a step back this year. What do you guys think? Yeah, I could definitely see it. Um, a, a lot of load on Sorokin over the last couple of years. Um, Just they kind of Yes, wrong New York team. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong Russian goalie for the wrong New York team. <laughs> they were both Vesna finalists, so come on. Um, but like, it's it's that both thing. Both with what's the same initials. On. Yeah. Wow. And they're, I think they're friends, too. Like, <laughs> what's going on with Lafreniere? What's going on with Kako? You have these high-end picks that, you know, potentially aren't turning out to be what you were hoping they were going to be. Um, with regards to the rebuild, it kind of got fast-tracked because you had people like Panarin and Fox, or Panarin and Truba, sorry, wanting to come to New York. So it's kind of that interesting scenario that, yes, they're good. They got good a lot quicker than i think they thought they were going to so is this maybe the year that they do take a little bit of a step back like some of their kids are, are pushing Braden schneider young defensive prospect like keandre miller you know i keep waiting for him to step it up and be the stud on the back end that he he should be um forward wise like we already touched on it with lafreniere and kako they they need more from them 
So it'll, it'll be interesting, but I, I, can, I kind of agree with you that I think they're going to take a little bit of a step back. Well, especially when you have Jonathan Quick as your backup now to Shesterkin. Like we've been talking about, they've put too much of a load on him, and if they're going to split it with Quick, I mean, he's been pretty shaky and kind of aging out of his prime. So it's it, there's not a ton of option there. And I'm looking, they're still paying Brad Richards. Are you joking? <laughs> For like a couple more years too. Wild. I think uh, uh, I think just yeah. quickly with this team, I think um, it'll be interesting to see. Like they've got Blake Wheeler at 800k. They brought in Eric Gustafson, who is um, who should be good on the back end in terms of uh, adding some additional scoring touch. Um, and they didn't really lose much in the off season. Um, I think Keandre Miller. I think to your point, will take a step. I he. He had 20 points. He followed up with 43 points. I think um, he's going to be more of a staple on that team. One, I'm hoping, because I have him in a lot of fantasy uh, fantasy teams. Um, <laughs> but I also heard, too, that uh, Lafreniere was very against playing, I think it was right wing, um, where they saw an opportunity for him, and they've actually started. He's actually opened up now to that idea to try it. Um, so they're going to get him a little higher in the lineup and get him going in a different so I think without them really losing anything, yes, I think Quick maybe hinders their performance on the, on the back end, but Shesterkin is still going to play 60, probably 62 games in the season anyways. Oh, for sure. Um, so I think, you know, you still got Fox, you got Truba. Andre Miller, I think, takes that step. They paid the heavy price for, I believe it was yeah, Lindgren. Um, and then I think to your point, if Brendan Schneider steps into that bottom six, uh, playing alongside Eric Gustafson, like I think, I think you're looking at a pretty solid team where I don't see them actually stepping back. If anything, just kind of holding pat in the Metro in terms of kind of holding that third spot. Okay, and uh, leave storyline here. Other than I mean, Eric Gustafson, but what what are we really looking for in the uh, the what is it four or five games we'll probably play against the Rangers this year? Um, I Jimmy VC. <laughs> Well, I mean, like other than X leaves, like what? <laughs> I guess that's it. But yeah, no, just how they can handle. It's always been a big battle between the blue shirts and the Leafs, right? Like even you go back to the King Hank days, there was always good teams or always good games. Or even if the Leafs were garbage, they were still good games against this team. Um, two original six teams. They've even some of the the kids that we haven't really talked about. Like I forgot to mention Brennan Othman, like a pickering boy he's he's a good young player so just kind of that how we how we stack up against the teams that have been some of the best in the east and also on a other side note there's two more sons of former nhlers on this team no way brian berard's son brett berard he's a former leaf and then peter sakura's kid adam sakura oh shit seen all these names gives me flashbacks there's also riley nash buried in there first brief stint with toronto um but also in this matchup right it's i think to your point with all those being with all those former games it was you know toronto versus henrik lungfist and you know in short time it's now the toronto we believe versus igor shesterkin right um so it's original six matchup it's going to be that battle you've got you know the, the two big spotlights in terms of new york versus toronto it's gonna always be a big show regardless so next islanders so um 
Pierre Engvall, <laughs> the new favorite of Mr. Um, Lou Lamorello, getting a massive $3 million deal for, what was it, seven years? <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's fun. Good for him. Happy to see him get paid and uh, become one of the boys that is going to stick around on the Islanders forever. But uh, other than that, I mean, the Islanders, they, they look... I, I'm interested to see if Horvat and Barzal can put something together. I mean, they lost... Josh Bailey, who was even cut by the Senators. But uh, I don't know. It's it's a little different looking there. I mean, Lee and Nelson are still kicking, but I don't know. I'm hoping they can get a little more offensive and a little faster because they've been a pretty boring team to watch. Yeah, they've, they've had a... Well, not... Oh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was just going to say, they've, they've had some trouble scoring goals, and it's interesting that obviously they didn't bring back Zach Brise, who scored, I think, 20 for them last year. And also losing Bailey and really handing out these absurd, you know, Lou handing out these absurd kind of seven year contracts to the giraffe. And, um, you know, if he wants to, Scott Mayfield, yeah, if, if he wants to pay me seven years at league men and I'll shave my beard, that's fine. I'll, I'll do it. But to, for him to do that, it just doesn't seem, they're not going to take a step forward in my mind. If, if anything, they're going to, they're going to hurt. They were only two points ahead of Pittsburgh last year. And, I can't really see any changes that they made um, to be in a positive, positive line site. Yeah. I mean, we played this game a couple of months ago. They've got a total of like, what is this? $46 million locked up until 2030. That's crazy. Like half of like, their salary cap is already spent. One thing you can say about a team that Lou builds, which is funny because he didn't do it with the Leafs. Um <laughs> is he gets a goalie, locks him up, and then he gets the defense court. Like, realistically, the Islanders, Pulak, Pulak, Ryan Pulak and Adam Pellick, great defensive tandem. Both are, are very good defensemen. Noah Dobson's coming up. He showed last year he can shoulder some of the load. Good, young, promising defenseman. You have Alexander Romanoff, who they punked from the Canadians, who I think can be a very good young defenseman. Scott Mayfield's still there. Sebastian Ajo. Um, the other Sebastian Ajo. <laughs> like, the defense core is good. It's just, it's always with this team. Who is going to score? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they got, they brought Horvat in. Like, it's got to be Bo Horvat and Matt Barzal finally, you know, being able to score together. Like, the, this is what he was brought here for. This is what they spent all this on. Like, I, I don't know why it just doesn't work. I mean, they need somebody else there, but... Maybe we see them go out and get it. I don't know. I'm not optimistic that Lou will do that either. Yeah, he doesn't no. seem to be the person that tries to fix things mid-season usually. So I think this is kind of what we're going to see. Or he already did it and just hasn't told anyone yet. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to ice a team on opening night. Like, who the fuck is this? Oh, yeah, they're going to bring Crazy back last minute. Well, there's so many guys that are still sitting without contracts. I mean, fuck, Josh Bailey just got cut by the Sens. He could be back. Has anybody checked on him? Like, if you get cut by the Senators, like, that's not good. <laughs> nope. From an emotional state. <laughs> oh, God. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. So, we, I mean, obviously. take them to the promised land, and we're all going to be wrong. Yeah, that's <laughs> the biggest thing to watch. We've got the average age of 32-year-old. Uh, forward group here under Dubas, his new core four that are <laughs> like almost 40 years old. They're all basically his age. 
and uh, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't like this team he's put together so far. I don't think a lot of these signings make sense. Eric Carlson obviously is the the biggest crazy question mark here because who knows if he can continue what he has. I don't know, man. Tristan Jari and Alex Nedeljkovic. Like, there's just so many question marks. Yeah, there's definitely a question mark yeah. in in net. Um, if Jari can stay healthy, and you know, Nedeljkovic has had problems with two teams now. Um, can he get back to where kind of he was ahead of time? But it's also funny too. Like, they the bottom six for Pittsburgh was horrendous last year, and realistically, all that they lost was that horrendous back end, and then. Added in Riley Smith into that. Um, Nolachari. Nolachari as well. And, you know, added Eric Carlson to the back end. And I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it works um, for him. Oh, and Ryan Graves, they added to the back end as well, which I didn't hate. I'm just waiting for the year that I'm not saying, you know, oh, Crosby and Malkin getting old, but are they still like. It's the fact that they're doubled down on them being the the first line. Like they haven't really looked at, you know, maybe moving on in the next couple of years to replace them. Like there's no next wave here. Like I'm just always concerned about Pittsburgh. Like if that's what you're going with, like you really got to trust that these guys are going to keep it together all season and stay healthy because you don't have much behind them. Like they're very dependent on that top three. The only thing with players like those is like, think back to the early thousand or right after the lockout, right? You had Sackick, you had Iserman, you had all these legendary players, Lemieux, that yep. were were rolling it down to the end of their career. They were still relied upon heavily. Like they, they were still producing, not to their all stars, you know, years, but they were still producing. But you have that presence and you, you have to kind of still treat it the way you've always treated it. Like, I don't think if, if you went and told Crosby, no, look, you're going to be second-line center now, I don't think he would put up a fuss because I don't think he's that type of player. But as long as you have them on the team, you have to keep treating them the way they are because it's not like it's not like we're looking at a player that's a fan favorite, but everybody in the league is kind of meh. Like, these are players who are going down, are going to be some of the best players we've ever seen play this game. Agreed completely. They also both have injury histories. And I'm just saying that after them, it drops off. So I'm just, if my point is you're, you're putting a lot of your eggs in a somewhat risky, fragile basket, it could very well work because this basket has been made of gold for a long time, but it, you know, I just feel like it's, it's a risky play to keep running this back, but we'll probably find ourselves in a similar position in 10 years too. So. I feel like some of the players on this team is Dubis getting players that he's wanted when he was with the Leafs, but never got a chance to get like Nadalkovich. Cause there was all the rumors when he was leaving Carolina that we were going to go after him and we never did, but he's got that comfort factor, right? He's got a Nylander on the team. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Andreas Johnson. Yes. And he brought Nolachari back his favorite. So I, I would say for me, the biggest storyline here is don't let Crosby do to us what he's been doing to us since 2005. and Especially not while let, he plays for Dubas. I was just going to say, let's try and make Dubas look stupid. Yeah. like, and, and it's not anything personal against the guy. I did like him as a Leafs GM. Um, I, I 
I've come on here and said that a lot of times. I do like some of his ideas, but he's not our GM anymore, so let's make him look stupid. Yeah, nothing would be more fun than putting a new team together and just kicking their ass. Couldn't agree more. Okay, Washington, kind of the same story, but uh, minus Kyle Dubas. We've got uh, pretty much the same team with uh, Rasmus Sandin. <laughs> so that'll be fun. I don't think we ever... Did we play any games against Washington after he p- went there? I don't think so. I think he might have been hurt. Or he was hurt when we did. Yeah, I don't think we ever played against him. So it'll be that'll be a fun matchup. I was always sad to see him go, but uh, especially with the state of the defense now, it would have been nice. I don't know. What did we end up getting with that first pick, though? Was that Cowan? Uh, I think we got Cowan with the Bruins pick, did we not? Who did the Rasmus Sandin trade become? (laughs) Traded from the Maple Leafs. Eric Gustafson and Easton Cowan. All right. So did we trade the Boston one, then? No, it was Boston's pick, but Washington had it. Because they got it for Orlov. Ah, that's why I keep thinking of them. Yeah. There you go. So we were all right. <laughs> I'll take that. Um, so I think that, I don't know, that seems like it could pay off a lot sooner than we thought it would. That's a plus. Yeah. <clears throat> um, same thing. Aging team. They're still dangerous. You got a couple local Ontario boys like Connor McMichael might try and and put on a show when he comes back because everybody seems to when they come to Toronto if they're a local kid. Um, Sonny Milano aside, ended up there. Yep. Tom Wilson's back and, he- and hopefully healthy. Like, I myself... If Tom I'm Wilson least, just, just got a like, raise, too. <laughs> yeah. Basically, playing again, playing the Washington, don't let Ovi set a record against you. Oh, he will. He p- at, at this point, oh, yeah. At, at this point... I'm opening bet 365. Let me lock that in. um do you guys know which player is on ltir for the washington capitals right now because i didn't know this um max pacioretty huh he is a washington capital did he get hurt right away after they signed him i I didn't signed July 1st, 2023. And what did he just like never make it to training camp? <laughs> what the fuck happened? I totally missed that he signed with them. So it was like in the flurry of the opening of uh, free agency, they, they got Max Patch ready for $2 million. Um, seven hours ago, Capitals placed Patch ready on LTIR. Like <laughs> this guy. I feel he cannot so cannot catch a break. This is awful. He's going to come back and play six games and get 12 points <laughs> and then get hurt again. Just save him for the playoffs. I don't think they're making no, the playoffs. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe. Yeah, probably not. The only, the only <laughs> upside that they will have. So they obviously had 80 points last year is John Carlson. If he can stay healthy all year, obviously they lost Dmitry Orlov and that, Force on the back end, but you know, Sandine with his size and stature doesn't does like to throw the body quite a bit. Um, is going to play up with Carlson from what we've heard. Um, outside of those two, it really drops off between Nick Jensen, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, you know, 
not a lot of, I think, upside there. You know, Tom Wilson being a force back all year might be interesting, and then maybe they can get something out of Backstrom and Kuznetsov to kind of get Ovi across that finish line. But other than that, they're just a worst version of the Penguins at this point. Pacioretty has two torn Achilles and doesn't have an exact timetable for his return, <laughs> and he has not shown up to training camp. Dude, like, just retire. What did we give him $2 million for? Oh, that is brutal. This poor guy. And like I said, if he does come back, they said it could be like a month or two into the season. He'll be great for a couple weeks. Like I had him in fantasy. And I think he played 28 games and had 38 points or something like it was insane. When he was there, he was fantastic for Carolina. Ugh, okay. The uh, the Flyers, I really don't want to spend much time on this shitty team. <laughs> They're like the San Jose of the East. Or like the Anaheim yeah. of the East. Um, Couturier and Atkinson are both supposed to be healthy, so that'll make a little bit of a difference with them. Um, Ellis is still out, I take it? They had a full season. Yeah, I don't think you'll ever see him play again. Unless something's changed, but I haven't heard anything no, he's not regarding playing. him at all. Apparently... Ristolainen um, is also on LTIR. Uh, Cap friendly has it both on just IR, not LTIR. Oh yeah. Well, the team probably doesn't need to put them on LTIR for the. Oh, they—they, they, you know what? They, they also—it looks like they needed to hit the floor. Yep. Um, Cam York could be a, a good bright spot, young defenseman for them. Um, but aside from that, it's just Tortorella trying to get something out of these kids like Owen Tippett looks like he should finally get a, a, a good decent chance he wasn't getting it in Florida but you got Tippett Frost Noah Cates like there is some good kids there but it's they're, they're gonna struggle so just financial wise they are paying Cal Peterson Kevin Hayes Tony D'Angelo Oscar Lindblom and Ilya Brzezgalov to not play for them that's fucking wild they're still paying Briskalov <laughs> until the end of 2027. Wow. What is this buyout? It's not on the cap, but like they still owe him money. Oh, because that would have been one of them um, compliance buyouts. After yeah. the second lockout, they brought it out. So where is this? GMs can just not oh, help so sometimes. It's so weird. Buyout history here. Yeah, till 26-27, they owe him $1.6 million a year. <laughs> the buyout was from 20... is a 14-year buyout. Bought out t- June 25th, 2013. Oh my god. That's insane. Anyway, uh, yeah, nothing exciting there with the Flyers. Just some funny little stats to watch. Uh, Columbus, 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 man, they got to turn something around, bring it in uh, Goudreau, but I don't know. Adam Fantilli will be fun to watch. Kent Johnson was fun to watch. So another year, that'll be cool. Um, Emil, oh, Damon, Emil Damon Severson's there. Yep. They got Severson and Provorov over the summer. So, yeah, you know, um, I've always loved Liam Foody. The kid is just ridiculously fast. Like they've got some good young players. Um, but I, I, I don't know how well they're going to do Pascal Vincent as their head coach. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, they're going to be a mid team really, unless like, I don't know, Gaudreau and line a 
have a breakout year, but I don't see it happening with Jack Roslovic and Boone Jenner. I heard that um, they had the line A taking reps at center as well during the preseason uh, in between Goudreau and I want to say it was Jenner. Well, that's the tough thing is like you've got Goudreau and line A, but neither of them are a center. So like really <laughs> your choices, if you don't move one of them to the middle are Roslovic, Jenner or Sean Corrali. Like you until Fantilli's ready, I guess that's probably the plan. Well, I thought I heard it was Fantilli with Texier and was it Benstrom or, or Chinnikov that was going to be a line? Like that'd be a good young line. Yeah, I'm just talking like for the future, obviously they probably want to have Fantilli move into 1C, but it's like for now, you, you're really... Your choices are either move, like you said, who is it? Which one? Line A to center? Yeah, they went line A to like, center, Goudreau to left wing, and they had Marchenko on right. Oh. Okay. I mean, it probably wouldn't be Marchenko come regular season, but still. It's interesting that... Yeah, that would push Roslovic off the center, probably. I don't know. That's strange team. Um, Leafs-wise... For- eh. Line A versus Matthews. Yeah, they don't like each other. Written in the stars. <laughs> yeah, like Dubois is not there anymore, so it's not like you can do that from the bubble. <clears throat> yeah. All right, so that is the end of the Metro. What do we think here? Any changes from last year's standings where we had uh, Carolina and New Jersey, Rangers, Islanders, followed by Pittsburgh Caps, Flyers, and Blue Jackets missing the playoffs? I don't really think so. The only change I really had was, I think, Pittsburgh uh, over the Islanders. Yeah, I mean, having Carlson in there, if that works out, and uh, if the Islanders can't get it together with putting some goals in the back of the net, like they're, they were so tight last year, that could be one that changes. Um, I think even if the Rangers take a step back, I think they're still in that third spot. Um Maybe Columbus overtakes Philly. Philly comes in last there. And then Columbus might overtake Washington too. We'll see. But I think that all depends on how uh, how good of a year Ovi has. But yeah, the, the top, it's Carolina, New Jersey all the way. I, I think, which I guess really, which one do we think is coming in first? Carolina? It was yeah. one point difference last year. Yeah, I, I, would, still, I would still go with Carolina. I realistically... The Devils don't go on a 14-game winning streak like they did last year. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So from one crazy season to another, the Boston Bruins, who uh very sad end to the year, and uh, we got to love it as Leaf fans. They have uh, no first, no second, and no third-round pick this year, and they have uh, no centers no either. Centers. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's going to grab that low-hanging fruit? What do we got? Charlie Coyle, Morgan Geeky, John Beecher, and Matthew Poitras are listed as their centers. I think Zach is going to play as their center as well. Oh, Pavel Zaka is listed as a center, right wing, and left yep. wing. <laughs> Cap friendly. Oh, God. Okay, they, they signed JVR, so it's all good. <laughs> this team, man, what do we think? They went from having an insane season to... Uh, really losing some core members. I mean, it's not often that retirements take this much of a hit on a team, but man, that's a, uh, that's a big hit to the Bruins. 
65, yeah. 12, and 5 last year. That's friggin' crazy. Yeah, they're they're definitely going to be taking a step back. I think that's written all over the wall. I I do still see them as a as a playoff team. Um, I think I wouldn't be surprised if you actually see some uh, some interesting things from Zaka. I, I think a lot of people are selling low on him, but I I think you could actually see some good upside to his game. Um, he had a career high in fifty seven points last year with Boston. Um, and then still, you know, the lift you're going to get from playing with along those guys of Pasternak and Marshan, it, it's, you know, you could be looking at it easily him breaking 70 points and maybe stop gapping some of that uh, of what Patrice Bergeron brought to the team. So do we think Allmark and Swayman can uh, keep it together on the back end? Because really, if... If everything else holds the same, and like you said, if they can just kind of, if Pasternak and Marchand can lift somebody else into that center position, really it just comes down to, do they repeat this uh, this duo from the stars with their fun hugs? I think, I think the tandem is still one of the better tandems in the league, but I don't, I don't know if you're going to see Allmark getting Vesna numbers. Like he's always been a good goalie, even when he was on crappy teams, he was he had really good underlying numbers. But like everything aligned perfectly for this team last year. Everything. And if you look at the turnover they've had from the roster that they had in the playoffs last year, like Orlov's gone. Obviously Bergeron's gone, Krejci's gone, Taylor Hall's gone, Felino's gone, um, Tyler Bertuzzi's gone. Holy like, shit, yeah. It, it's been quite a big turn turnover. They went all out last year. Um, they did bring back fan favorite Milan Lucic. So, I yeah, they're, they're still going to have some danger, like some dangerous players, obviously, with Marshawn getting the C. I think that might even give him a little bit more of a boost, to be honest, as much as I hate the guy. Um, Can you believe he's 35 but, already? No, because he keeps getting better, which right? is just asinine like yeah they're a shell of what they were they're still going to be dangerous like you can't take them lightly but they're definitely a shell and I think they're potentially going to be in tough to make the playoffs so I think the thing to watch for with the Leafs against them this year is if Boston trying to figure things out with uh, having new people at center and Tampa starting off the season without Vasilevsky I think really what the Leafs have to do is take the wins in the Atlantic division early and try to uh, make it so that everybody's chasing them. Cause really it's once you have that first spot come Christmas, it's uh, it's tough to lose it. So if they can get out ahead, you know, not have to worry about playing, you know, either Boston or Tampa in the first round, like those things matter. Yep. Yeah. The, the one thing with them though, um, that I will just say is like a lot of their the players that they did lost were a few of them were deadline additions. So they didn't start the year with them, like guys like Bertuzzi and Orlov. Um, so there is obviously they don't have a first, second and third this year. I'm not sure the value of this draft class, um, but you know, is there potential to move? Obviously they don't have a great prospect pool, but you know, they still have their first for 2025. They have, and then the first for 2026 in terms of if they need to go out and get those pieces to 
continue to be competitive. Because as you said, Brad Marchand's 35 and, you know, two years left on his contract could be the tail end of his career as well. So you could just see the final, you know, we saw the go for for Bergeron and Krejci. Can you do that for Marchand as well? Um, Just by emptying the tank of, of kind of picks and adding what you need now. Yeah, it's a good point because Boston's never been shy to add midseason or at the deadline. Like, I mean, like they did last year, they're always open to spending to bring in huge pieces and and big players are always open to going there. So they have the advantage of uh, that in negotiations. So like w- without knowing if there's any hardcore injuries going on, wouldn't you think that Bergeron and Krejci would want to give it one more shot? Like this is the Bruins centennial year. Yeah, I find it odd that they just went, yeah, nope, that was enough of a heartbreak. We're not doing that again. But yeah. come on, guys, you can, you don't have, you didn't have one more in you. Sounds like a Justin Williams sign prior to the playoffs kind of, kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean, didn't Krejci only just come back last year? Yep. Yeah. Well. Um, Tampa, let's talk about Tampa. Obviously, same storyline as, uh, like I just said, we got to get wins early against these teams that are starting a little handicapped. Vasilevsky is going to start the season probably two months on IR, just had back surgery. I mean, you know, obviously hoping that for on a personal level that he gets back to form, but on a I'm a Leaf fan level, um, let's take advantage of this while we can and get out ahead. Yeah, I think you're totally right there. We need to take advantage yeah, of these you've... guys kind of down and out with with injuries or or missing pieces to start and you know try to win win october november and kind of coast the rest of the way the other big things here i mean like they spent big on tanner Janot and brandon hagel who have been kind of lackluster since they picked them up but they did re-sign brandon hagel to uh what's this 2032 at 6.5 million uh they still got nick paul there till 29 like they've got some of these guys locked up. Anthony Sorelli's there, Braden Point. But the uh, the one that isn't is Steven Stamkos, and he's pissed about it. So, you know, I think a rough start to the season is not good for him wanting to stick around. I'm interested to see what they do about that because they are they don't seem keen on keeping him at the, the value that he's he's thinking he's still at. So that that's the thing that I'm looking forward to seeing with the Lightning. It's just kind of them cracking at the seams and the dynasty falling apart. <laughs> and and it, you're starting to see signs of that, right? They've had to chisel away at that those cup teams, the teams that were indestructible, and that they're not the same. Like as much of as Boston is a shell of what they were last year, Tampa's kind of starting to look that way as well. With with Vasilevsky down and out, you have Matt Tompkins and Jonas Johansson as your your two goalies. Yeah. Like I know Vassy was only out for what, two months, I think it said? Yeah, two months. But still, like the defense core is not what it was. You don't have McDonough anymore. I believe they just placed Bogosian on waivers. Um they picked yeah. up Connor Sheary, so you have him now as well. But it's 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 gonna be interesting. They're still gonna have the offense, they're still gonna play with the structure because you know, Cooper's one of the best coaches in the league that we've seen in a long, long time. So if they could get, as you said, something out of Geno or Hagel that they were expecting when they got them and the price they paid for them, then that would go a long way. But they're they're on the decline. I wonder if they look at yeah, but 
Oh, I was just going to add, I wonder if they look at with the Steven Stamkos situation, obviously you see the way Vegas kind of, you know, we negatively look at it as how they treat players, but at the end of the day, they're trying to win. And is Steven Stamkos, instead of doing right by him from the organization, is it just time for, hey, look, as an organization, we can't, you know, I'm, I'm looking at their cap here and even without signing him, they're, they're only saving $5 million from what they're already paying this year. Um, so uh, in their forward group. So it's it, what money is there really for you? You know, obviously we, we're hearing the cap's going to go up, but, you know, by how much? And the decor is pretty much going to stay flat in terms of, of dollars. So it's kind of one of those things. Do you, do you kind of just do you cut ties and, and try to be competitive like you see Vegas do, or, or do you keep your captain happy? Um, so that's the business versus personal side, I think, with them there that they're dealing with right now. Well, and I mean, leadership-wise, you've got Point, Kucherov, Sergachev, Hedman, like guys that have been there for a long time with the same team. Like, I don't think I, they're going to miss him that much. Like, it, it seems they're leaning that way. I think you're right, where it's just going to be, you know, again, looking at the money, unless they move on from, who is it, like, Nick Paul, nope, just signed him. Tanner Janot, nope, just spent a bunch on him. Connor Sheary, it's only $2 million. Hagel, nope, just signed him. Like, where's the money going to come mm-hmm. from? Not Hedman, not... Like, everybody else just re-signed. And they got to him, and they went, yeah, there's nothing left. And uh, at 33, unless you're taking, like, four and a half, five million, it doesn't make sense for us. Like, even if the cap goes up four and a half, that's what, nine and half they would have and that would all go to stamkos like they can't do right that. and then and then you're are you digging yourself to the hole where you know we just talked about the metro two teams pittsburgh and um washington aging cores and it's like you're kind of keeping these guys around when everybody in the writing on the wall is you should have moved on from them two three years ago when you could have maximized their value and keep the ball going and, and turn it over to new players new prospects um and stay young and they're it's it's kind of they're stuck in that limbo right now yeah look at eight and a half million dollars at 33 year old steven stamkos at the deadline if you get that retained once to 4.25 retained twice at you get a steven stamkos for two million dollars at the deadline like that's something that teams are going to pay for and i think he knows that and you know if things are look they got to wait to see how the season plays out they've got no goaltending to start but if everybody else can hold it together, then, you know, maybe you move on from Stamkos and you can, again, for two million bucks, go through two teams. That's an insane addition for anybody in the playoffs. Leafs, yep. please. <laughs> uh, Panthers. Talking to Marty. <laughs> hey, the guy already had a Leafs jersey in his hand at one point. We can just give it back to him. Holy shit, Alexander Barkov getting paid $10 million a year. <laughs> oh, the Florida Panthers. Him and Kachuk, uh, Reinhardt Bennett, Verhage. Yeah, it's kind of the same core. It's just the defense is, holy shit. Gustav Forsling makes $2.6 million, and that is the highest paid defenseman they got right now with Aaron Ekblad on IR and Brandon Montour on IR. Yeah, they'll be interesting yet again. Um, a team with injuries to start the year. Um, it looks like Spencer Knight is going to start in the minors. Yeah. Um, just I, yeah, that's that's rough. That's news to me. So they're going to go with Bobrovsky and Stallers, and it's fun. Lion, who they let 
uh, let go, who's now in Detroit. Um, Bobrovsky, while he was hot in the playoffs, he's been streaky in terms of is he a $10 million goalie or is he a $3 million goalie? So that'll be very interesting to see how that kind of gets going. And then they got Anthony Stallers as backup. So back to kind of how we were talking about the other teams, Toronto really needs to take advantage of winning these games against these teams and, and getting out to a, a hot start and coasting the rest of the way because outside of, yeah, they're. <laughs> they're not looking great. Yeah, I don't think enough attention is being put on how many question marks there are in the Atlantic Division to start this season. Like last year, it was holy shit, this is going to be just juggernaut teams. And this year, it's like goalies hurt, goalies getting sent down, Bobrovsky's starting again. Like there's a lot of change going on. The Bruins are falling apart, the Lightning are making changes. Like, people aren't talking about this enough. Like there's so much pressure put on, Oh, Sammy and wall going to be good enough. Like, Holy shit. The rest of the Atlantic outside of like, I mean, Ottawa and Buffalo are on the up, but everybody else seems to be on the down. Yeah. And like when you have the injuries that Florida does to start the season, Montour and Ekblad, those are two huge anchors on the back end for them. Yeah. It's like I was saying, what do you got? Forsling, Mikola, Ekman, Larson. Like it just falls right off. So three of your top six defense from their Stanley Cup final push are gone with Ekblad, Montour, and, and um, Gudis. So that's going to be a big blow to them to start the season. Can, as, as you guys said, can Bobrovsky actually be the Bobrovsky that they paid him to be? Or is he going to be, you know, the guy who's been kind of chilling out in Florida, hanging out on the beach the last couple of years? The forward core is pretty similar so scoring wise and and the whole structure of the team up front i don't think we're going to see a big change but the decors hurting right now i mean with Bobrovsky at 10 million dollars you basically have to try it every year like you can't afford not to it does it work no nope. fuck it okay we'll try something else does it work great let's try it <laughs> like they have to it has to be the first choice every time until it doesn't even work. two right now with or else they just look like idiots. you've got Yep. Looking at the top four, so obviously they added in Mike Riley and, and OEL to the to the mix, but it's lefty, 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 lefty. They have nobody, both their top right D obviously are out. It's just they have nobody to fill in where you have Dmitry Kulikov um, and Josh Mahora in terms of the only guys who can play the right side on their opening lineup. It's uh, It does not look great for them. Rough. Uh, so let's move on to a team that I have been hoping f- to see turn around for a while, but it seems like this could be the year they do it. The Buffalo Sabres. The the Ottawa Senators south of the border. <laughs> so it's always their myself, year and they just miss <laughs> that much. I myself am actually pretty high on the Sabres as much as I hate to say it. Um, what Kevin Adams has done down there. And then, like, building the team and then Granado coaching these young guys. Like, they've got a pretty good team. And I think this is the year they, they break that streak and they come back into the playoffs. Um, Thompson's proved he's legit. I love Dylan Cousins. Like, that kid just does not stop. And what about um, the fact that they have Eric Comrie, Devin Levi, and Uko Pekka for a combined $3.5 million? 
So as much as I love Levi and Lukanen, like UPL is one of the best names that has been bouncing around in the AHL for the longest time. Um, that's really their biggest question mark. Like Levi showed flashes last year when he came up, like the kid's good. He's got nerves of steel. Lukanen's supposed to have been the next goalie for them for what? Three, four years now. And he just hasn't been able to do it. Um, Oh yeah. He had a rough year last year. Yeah. Back end, they stole Yoki Haru from the Blackhawks. Um, Owen Powers and eleven million Darlene's proving eleven that he's million dollars stud. stud. Um, Just signing an eight times eleven. My I God, I think Owen, Owen Power is like thanking him beyond belief right now because his contract's up next year. Um, but they they did bring in Eric Johnson as that veteran defense on the back end. Connor Clifton. Um, so the decor is actually not too bad. And then forward wise, like they've got all these young kids and then Okpozo seems to have a little bit resurrected his career. Um, Skinner actually seemed half decent. He's not worth the 9 million he's getting, but he's at least serviceable now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I picked Jeff Skinner in fantasy again. I think, I mean, last year he, he finally turned it around. I doubled down Alex Tuck. I think that was a great pickup. He was good last year. Um, Kyle uh, the, the one question mark I really seat. have with his team is Good for because, him. you know, I'm not all on the Devin Levi hype train. You know, we're talking about a 21 year old goalie, a six foot, let alone goalie. Um, it's just it's hard for me to think that. You know, everyone thinks he's the saving grace. I don't really think it's going to be there. I think it's you know it's the NHL. It's going to be tough. Um, I think it, they're going to have to lean. A little bit more heavily on um, UPL, but uh, I, you know, with him it being only 24, even himself, like the, the future is very bright there for the Sabers. Um, you know, I, I just I don't see it on the back end. I think to your point, where you know, can Wall and Samsonov do it? Meanwhile, people are locking the Sabers in for a playoff spot with you know this very young and you know not so great currently. Um, goaltending situation in, in Buffalo. I, I just don't I don't see it at the moment. See, this is somewhere I saw Hellebuck going if Winnipeg were to move on from him. I think Buffalo would have been high on that, especially because they've got $8.8 million of cap space. So, like, if a goalie becomes available, they do have the the money to take them on. It's just, you know, goalies don't grow on trees. They grow on flowers, though. (laughs) 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 All right. So now the the Sabres north of the border, the Ottawa Senators, um, basically a similar position, a bunch of young guys that have proven that they can hang, they can score a bunch of points, um, some defensemen that have gotten paid for the the same, and uh, a couple question marks in net. Like it's pretty much it's it's kind of freaky how similar these two teams are. Uh they've been riding the same spot in the standings here, fifth and sixth place. Um man, I think Ottawa takes a step this year if goalies stay healthy. Like they lost Cam Talbot and were forced into uh man, they went down a couple goalies last year, didn't they? They had to, went through like four or five of them. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, they've got Forsberg and Corpusalo. It's you know, it's not awful. Um, Chikrin, Zoo, Brandstrom, Sanderson, Shabbat. Like their defense is is really good. I like that. Uh, bringing in Tarasenko. Yeah, they're definitely um, they're definitely going to be I Kubalik think, is, deep yeah. down at, at least in their top nine. Uh, we could see we'll see if Norris can stay healthy, um, and see if he's poised for for a good season. I think that's a big question mark for them. Right after you know, if Stutzel is going to play their one C, the hope is Norris can play. Obviously, that two C. If not, Giroux can slide over, uh, and then. Ridley Grieg, in terms of what he can bring, in terms of a, a depth center option or winger, depending on you know if they can get Shane Pinto signed, but they are struggling with cap issues. They kind of give me you know late two thousand or yeah late two thousand like two thousand and nine Leafs, where it's like we're up against the cap every year, but we're not even a playoff team yet. So they kind of give me that energy at this moment. Um, I didn't realize Josh Norris well, is good. out indefinitely. Apparently, apparently uh, on the golf course this summer, a shoulder injury uh, was noticed, and he was, uh, they he was there wearing a non-contact play, and he has not been to training um, for a bit. And then I think he took it off uh, for some okay. practices, and then it went back on again. I don't know if he ended up ever playing in a preseason game. Well, apparently Johnny, are there's... you getting your info from MSN again? No, I'm not actually. It's from like I'm looking. Josh Norris. This is from Ottawa Sun Daily Faceoff, yeah, ESPN, any City games. News, he wasn't Ottawa. Practice with like non-contact yeah. jerseys, though. It's all from the last day or two. There you go. Center's confident despite questions around team. Yeah, I mean the the. Biggest drawback with them has always been staying healthy. For some reason, nobody stays healthy. But uh, again, the defense is awesome. They've got a lot of fast kids. They got to figure out what's going on with Shane Pinto, though. Yeah, like I don't know why I'm not as high on the Senators as I am on the Sabers, um, because their goaltending is actually a little better. Their defense is arguably the same, I think it's deeper, slightly better. Yeah. Um, forward wise, I would take the I think the Sabers over the Sens. Um, yeah, not Claude Giroux on the first line. I think is a weird thing, but yeah, not to put anything against Stutzel or Kachuk, but you know, Thompson's cousins, like those two right there, can kind of equal them out. Not to mention Peyton Krebs and all that. So with the Sens, I think they're just they're still a, a step behind. Yeah, I mean, we'll yeah. see what happens with, like, uh, Batherson's obviously a weird question mark. We don't know what's going on there. Tarasenko, we'll see how he turns things around in Ottawa. Eh, I don't know. It's I like, I've been trying to get into this. Like, I live here in Ottawa, so I want this team to do well. And, you know, all the people that keep charping me, they're like, oh, you know, looking looking forward to a real battle of Ontario now. Like, it's shaping up to be a good matchup, you know. So I try, I'm trying, but I think it's mostly the the, uh, the defensive end that's got me um, more confident in how they'll do this year. Just a bit more support for these kids up front. Uh, moving on, Detroit. 
Red Wings, who have five million dollars of cap space, and uh, not Justin Hall much for Norris. Else, <laughs> <laughs> I mean Dylan Larkin and Alex DeBrinket and Andrew Cobb. Oh my god, I forgot Justin Hall's there with Sherratt, Gostas Bear, Hall, Jake Wallman, Ollie Matta, Jeff Petrie, and Moritz Sider. What a strange defense core. Moritz Sider's a stud. Like, he is like the second coming of Nicholas Gronwall with how nasty he is. But he's only 22 and he is still offensively talented as well. Like, I think they've got a, a stud with Sider. For sure. Um, but you're surrounding him with Jeff Petrie, Ben Sherratt, Shane Gostas, Baron, Justin Hall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. you're probably That's weird. I'm sorry. That's really weird. Probably looking weird. at a, like a Sherratt with more insider yeah, to, to good uh, be on your top line and then probably like Gostas, Baron, Hall, and then probably either Olimata with Petrie or, or Wellman with Petrie. Yeah. That's um, a very expensive third pair of defense. <laughs> like they're paying all of these guys over $3 million, except Jeff Petrie and Moritz Sider. So uh, I don't like how this team's constructed. Like they're lucky that Larkin has taken 8.7 million because my God, they need the money to fill out the rest of this team. Well, and, you know, this is the last year with Lucas Raymond under a million yeah. as well. Shit, true. So it's, it's really interesting to see the build of this team compared to what Eiserman did with the Lightning when he was there. Yeah, like everyone's expiring except Larkin to Brinkett, Cop, Comfer. And that's kind of it. I mean, Sherratt's got a couple more years, but. Costin yeah. and Fabry have next year as well, but. Yeah. But I mean, really, you've got like David Perron this year, Daniel Sprong, Michael Rasmussen, Christian Fisher, Lucas Raymond, Joseph Valeno, like Great all these cider. guys. Cider, like everyone's expiring at the end of James Reimer, you only have for this year. Like they have to make a lot of decisions, and it seems like they have no direction. Which, yeah. again, is surprising for a team under Steve Eiserman. But okay. Um, second last, Montreal Canadiens. They're about they're about as good as their uh, logo on the toilet seat. I mean, that's about it. The the things, <laughs> yeah, like the things that I want to watch this year are: did they make a horrible pick with Uri Slavkovsky? Um, is Arbor Jacki going to be the biggest pain in the ass defenseman for us? And um, oh, he didn't even make the. He's not even on their team here. Is he in the minors? Arbor Jacki went to the minors. Yeah, he went to the minors. Damn. Yeah, I don't know what this team's doing. What are they doing? Yeah. Yep. Because he's waiver so exempt. Is I don't Jordan know. Harrison, Justin yeah, Barron, and Caden Gooley. <clears throat> That's wild. And Norlander and Reinbacher. What are they doing? Weird. Weird. Yeah, I don't know what this fucking team's doing. Uh, Josh Anderson and company. Yeah, I don't... I'm not expecting much out of this team. Alex Newhook is an interesting addition. Um, Sean Monahan's there for another year. Like, there's there's potential, 
but it just seems like everybody's either too young or uh, from the last iteration of this team, like Brennan Gallagher. Like Gallagher seems like a holdover from the last team that just like, like not there's nothing against him. It's just it seems like they're keeping him to be nice, neither but he does, doesn't fit into what they're trying to do at all. Yeah, neither does Josh Anderson. No, and you that's know, the, both really those the best way to put it. Late in the year, like they're not really serving a purpose. They're not competitive yeah. at this point in time. Um, you know, same with like I guess Jake Evans is kind of on the outside of that as well. Just doesn't really seem to be right. Like, if you want to rebuild, you got to give these kids the ice time. And it seems like they're just having it eaten up by by guys that, you know, Joel Armia and Josh Anderson and Brennan Gallagher and Tanner Pearson. Like, like I, I don't understand. David Savard. Like, why are you keeping David Savard at $3.5 million and sending Arbor Jackeye down? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. No. Like, if you're going to be but- shit, be shit and just give these guys... Like the time that it's not even like you're ruining Jack Eye's development. He played yeah, with you last year especially with garbage. him at 22, already established like, why like he's going to be here. Know, Gooley and yeah. in the lineup in terms of, uh, you know, being only, not, I think he's 19 or, or 21. So you have a couple other younger guys who could still probably get some reps in the minors before coming up. It just seems odd right now by uh, uh, St. Louis to with these lineups. Yeah, they've got some overage guys on their uh, their AHL too. There's like you know, 27, 30 year old guys. Like it's just I don't know the the whole construction of this team seems odd. Um, I like I said, I like some of the picks. Obviously, Caulfield and Suzuki are great. Um, Slavkovsky could be something. Uh, Gooley and and Jack I are fun. Like even Michael Matheson is uh, fun to watch. But like I don't know. It's it's rough because I like again when like Montreal and Ottawa are competitive with the Leafs. It just keeps things interesting geographically. You know, being a fan here and there's so many Canadians fans that it's just it's more exciting to have something to cheer against. But it's it's such a down era for the Canadians. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good kind of thing to watch this watch. year is you know if Caulfield can stay healthy for the year, can he hit forty this year? Like I think he could probably easily, but for him staying healthy he's just entering his new contract yeah. as well um at 785 so and who do they got in net Jake Allen Sam Montenbow and Caden Primo yeah man the, the, the one thing the, to watch there it's is just the Ferris wheel like if he's healthy yeah Montembeau Montembeau played great for Canada at the world championships this past year um, she so do have that, but it's, it's going to be a rough year. I think for Habs fans, <clears throat> another rough year. I mean, fuck, they were 31, 45 and six last year with a minus 75 goal differential. And like, I don't see them getting much better. <laughs> Tell that They've got the 24 Patriots. cups. They can handle a couple of rough years. Uh, speaking of a couple of rough years, we have finally made it all the way around the league and landed on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, who have used 11.4 million LTR, LTIR to be uh, $94 million of players as we speak. So uh, what do we think? Uh, I mean, what's there to, what's there to talk about 
with the Leafs that we haven't already uh, throughout the course of this storyline wise. I mean, there've been some interesting changes as far as like Lafferty going out and yarn croak, not getting a ton of uh, uh, preseason time with injury. And now we've got Cowan, Nyes, Minton and McCann all on the roster. Like, I think what we're, where do we start at a point seeing right now is something we've probably wanted to see over time is, is in terms of, the team is really held pat in terms of the the basis and you know we call it the core four but you know we held on to Kerfoot for four years we had Hall for four years we've had a lot of these guys and and you know as the regime changed over those contracts expired and it left the door open to bring in some some new faces so obviously adding Bertuzzi Domi Klingberg and Reeves um, it's it's definitely changed up a lot of the makeup of the team in terms of what we had in the reserves for talent. We're bringing in a lot of younger guys. Bobby McMahon's also one of those guys who's currently on the 13 man roster uh, for forwards. So we're going to see some young energy in the bottom six. We're going to see hopefully a bottom six that's going to produce and not just play that stand pad and, you know, whatever Keith was able to get out of the, or not Keith, uh, Dubas was able to get out of the bargain bin and, Honestly, it's it's going to be exciting because it it does feel like we've had a facelift while still keeping the core four. Um, so I, it's I think it's going to be great this year. That's that's a really good point that we're not watching you know the Nick Abek Kubels and the Zach Aston Reeses and the Jimmy Vcs or whoever the hell he's found in the bargain bin that off season to fill out the bottom six, and we actually get to see. I mean, to Dubas's credit, people that he picked in Easton Cowan, Matt Nyes, and Fraser Minton. So he, yes, did, he didn't pick Cowan. Uh, um, really? Sorry, <laughs> he he loosened the jar and somebody else opened it. Like it was all his work that got there, and he. Um, but you know what I mean. I'm wondering if is is this a sign of maybe how much of a hold Dubas had on the team. Cause the fact that from what I outsider's perspective, I'm not an NHL player, but I look at this and I say, Hey, Keith saw enough out of these kids to force Trey living to move Lafferty basically said, look, we've got enough here. We don't need him. No offense to Lafferty, but move him. Whereas in the past, is that the kind of thing that, Dubas would have been like, no, he's staying. I brought him here. He's staying. The kids can do- go down for another year. Yeah, I feel like there was always a hesitation under Dubas to give ice time to any of these prospects. Like we hear these names over and over. Like I feel like I've been hearing about um, some of these guys for for like four or five years now. Like Nick Robertson, we've been hearing about forever. Nyes, like Niemela, like all these guys, these names have been floating around and then we never get to see them play. And it feels like all of a sudden they're 23 years old and that, that's it. They're nev- they never made it. So I hope that now, you know, right away we're seeing 18, 19 year olds make the Leafs lineup. In, and we haven't seen but that I think since in fairness to you know, that, really Matthews and um, are doing it. Is we like it's yeah, traded first round picks nice to change. alleviate some bad contracts that we had from former GMs. We you know, if you look back, so Robertson was the one, couldn't stay healthy. The guy has eighty two pro games, yeah, you know, split over three years uh in both the minors and pro. So it's hard to see him. You've got you know, unfortunately, with our one first overall pick who passed away, um, you know, so there wasn't really the chance to get those. The first guy who kind of cracked it or even had the opportunity was 
was Matthew Nines. Because um, a lot of the other guys were uh, also European players. So they have to stay over, I think, in Europe. I think that's the rule, right? They can't even come over and play uh, AHL hockey until a certain point. Right. No. Oh, do they? Okay. Actually, the so it's... Europeans have the most flexibility. Um, but sorry, but with with the kids, a lot of times it's better to keep them over there with the closer to their families and the system. Right. They're okay. Used so, to until so that's why, like, obviously, you have, um, you know, Niemela and Hervenin, and a lot of those guys have, have kind of stayed over, and then, um. You know, so we haven't really had a chance to see. It's like our first kind of crack at it was actually nice. And then Minton last year, um, you know, showing what he can in, in both uh, both the rookie tournament and then preseason to actually gain a gain a roster spot for for opening night, which would which is insane because it it kind of came out of left field. And then Easton Cowan actually still being able to to stick with the team at at this standpoint. And I guess really like Pontus Holmberg was somebody that we drafted that started to crack into the lineup that they they tried out. But I mean, I'm looking here at the some of these guys like uh, Alex Steves is 23 already. Um, Keith Petrozelli is 24. Like I know goalies are a little different, but I don't know. It, it just seems like as soon as Dubas was gone, we started taking a look at everything in the system a lot more seriously as potential Leafs lineup instead of just like you know, how's our prospect pool? Because we're probably going to have to trade people for something to make a playoff push. Like they seem yeah, more like that's assets because they definitely have the team instead like, of trade commodities. You know, yeah. I think every year it's like, okay, who yeah. are our young prospects that are going to maybe have a chance at it? And then it's like, yeah, we, we do bring in the Nick Baker Bells, the Zach Aston Reese. And, you know, unfortunately with injuries, you see Bobby McMahon and be like, this guy's been playing in our, in our minor system. And this guy's a firecracker every shift. Um, and there's nothing you root more for than him to score a goal. And it's kind of, you, you have a sense of, I guess, connection with some of the minor guys and, and kind of follow them through there. And it's, it's nice to see it versus, you know, somebody who just comes out of the field from, uh, from another team. Well, yeah. And I mean, like people could argue that bringing in Jake McKay about $2 million, it's like, why couldn't we give the 2 million to Sandine? You know, it's like in the past, we've just been looking at people like that. You know, we, we give them a chance. We get them playing. Great. They're good. Okay. Trade deadline. Let's move them out for something to make this push. So completely different style of defenseman, though. Yeah. <laughs> McCabe makes you Is it really? Go, oh, yeah. I was just going to say McCabe makes you hate Sandine playing. In like, Sandine likes to. Ch- Sorry. Yeah, Sandine likes to try the body, but he's not he doesn't have the physical size to play that style of game. That's fair, I guess. I'm just saying, like there's there's some decisions that <laughs> and now... you know I loved Sandman. It's not like I'm sitting here talking about Justin Hall. Well, I, I know, but now that I'm looking at this and we've got Brody Klingberg McCabe for eleven million dollars total, it's like there was there was a way to make Sandine work in there instead of, you know, this combo of Klingberg and McCabe. Like, I don't know. It seems like, but again, we've got Cowan now out of it, so it's not it's not a bad thing. If you're complaining about Jake McCabe at two million dollars, you've been reading too much of Steve Simmons' work. <laughs> hey, look, I'll I'm interested to see a season of Jake McCabe because he was very back and forth, in my opinion. But we'll see. 
McCabe and on defense, Leafs. We got a Domi and a McCabe. It's just, you know, my mind's going places. <laughs> We've been talking all day about fathers and sons, so like names, right? Yep. Anyway, I think um, just to close out the Leafs, there's a ton of new faces, like we've said. Uh, We've got a new system under a new GM. Same coach, but things look different. So I think it's going to be exciting. We've kind of outlined how every matchup kind of has at least something interesting. A lot of the Atlantic is going to be a lot lot more highly contested, I think, um, for the Leafs, just kind of taking advantage of uh, a lot of slow starts. And then... It'll just be the Leafs ahead of the pack. Everybody fighting for for two, three, four. I think. I'm hoping. Would be nice. What are your picks for the Atlantic here? Like I've got just because of like I said these slow starts for the other teams. I've got the Leafs first, and then uh, I don't know between Tampa, Florida, and Boston. I, I don't know who's going to come here. out second, third, fourth. Toronto. Then I've got Boston, Tampa. And then I actually have the Senators, then the Panthers, Sabres, Red Wings, Canadians. Okay. Okay. That would mean the Sens go up another... Eh, I think we could get an extra like a, 10, 15 points, solid, maybe 10, 12 defense, points. They can play defensive structure. I believable. Think probably very solid in their top nine. Um, I think they can push for it. I think the Panthers are going to struggle. Brofsky's going to be a question mark. They're not going to ride the back of Alex Lyon um, to get them in there in the first place. And I just think it's it's the Senators are, and Panthers are going to be battling for that final spot. And I think the Senators um, kind of kind of make that make that little jump. I think uh, somehow Tampa will still manage to come out second under the Leafs. Um, and then Boston, and then, oh, you know what? Toronto, Tampa, Boston, I'm going, I think it's still Florida. I don't think Buffalo and the Sens can, 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 I I honestly think it's going to be pretty much the same after that as last year. Like, I don't think Buffalo and Ottawa make enough of a push to overtake Florida. What do you think, Justin? I, I think Buffalo comes up and knocks Florida out of it. So we've got one on Ottawa, one on Buffalo, and one on Florida. Okay. I like it. Yeah. But, but yeah, aside from that, Toronto, Tampa, Boston, like as much as I see a drop off from both Tampa and Boston, I don't see it being that drastic that they're not going to be exactly. up there. The, the rest of the division is so meh and still rebuilding, so I don't see them being enough of a disaster to fall beyond second or third (laughs) well that does it that's a two hour and 20 minute show (laughs) holy (laughs) shit thanks guys anything we uh, want to close off here with uh, Chris where can people find you do we call it Twitter anymore do we call it just X It's funny. I was reading an article and they referred to it as Twitter because I think most people that aren't Twitter. on it still know it as Twitter. And if you call it X, they get confused. Um, but you can find me. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore Hurley 10. Is it? Hell yeah. Uh, Justin, will you be reporting from a different place on Wednesday after the game? Um, no, I will be home 
I am home all this week. Next week, I am away on overnights. And then at this point in time, that those those are planned to be my last overnights for the rest of this calendar year. I'm nice. kind of trying to take a break from the crazy travel this year has been insane. Oh, I don't blame you. Um, well, I, uh, I'm working Wednesday. I should be home during the game though. So we'll still hop on for posty and it'll be our first regular season post game. And, uh, it's Leafs and Habs. I can't wait for it to be a garbage time. First game. Love it. (laughs) Just because that's the way it works. You know, okay. Probably. Yeah. And hammer the Anderson anytime goal. Cause he always scores against the Leafs. Yep. Um, Who's getting the first goal of the Ooh. Leaf season? Ooh. Ooh, I like I think this. It was Who's weird getting last the first time? goal of the Leaf season? I'm going to go weird. I'm pretty sure if was last year's first goal Mark Giordano. I'm going to I'm going to put down Timothy Lilligren first to score. Mm. Yeah. Lily, as much as I really, really want to say Domi, like every ounce of me wants to say Domi, I kind of have a feeling it's going to be nice. He was pissed that he got knocked out of the playoffs, and he's just going to come out blazing. Frozen there, Roscoe. I'm no. I'm just looking. I was trying to find the stat on who. Score the first, but it, it I can only find how many first goals people got. Um, who did they play their first game against? I want to find this now. Montreal. Um, here. Here, Leafs. Oh my god, Leafs lost 4-3. You fucker. Oh, Bunting had first this season? <laughs> um, Michael Bunting. Yeah. Dennis Mulligan had the second, and then Nylander the third. Legend Dennis Mulligan. So I'm going to go with Callie Yarncroke. Callie Yarncroke scores the first goal of the season. Because I feel like he's going to find himself in a easier situation to get one in than, you know, Matthews going up against Gallagher and Anderson. Assisted by by Nye and Minton. Yeah, I can see that. I'd, I'd love to see a, a really. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. What do we think now that we've got some switching up of who's making the opening night roster? What do we think uh, the lines look like? Looking here, they got Nyes, Minton, Yarncroak, um, Camp, Reeves, Cowan, I guess. I could see that. Then Matthews, Marner, and Dirtbag, and Tavares, Nylander, and Domi. I think it's going to be McMahon. I don't know if I like Camp, Reeves, and Cowan. Because also the fact that yeah, I was gonna say because they have uh, they haven't signed Noah Gregor, and it seemed like all signs were pointing to that Ryan Re- on his PTO to probably play fourth line. 
Yeah. And then what Ryan Reeves is the extra. It just seems like we have five them, people yeah, for the fourth when, line now. I think you start bringing in guys. You you try out these um, Cowan and Fraser on for their nine game stint. Send them back um, to the CHL so they can just absolutely right. dominate, make Team Canada, and then sign Noah Gregor and uh, and probably bring up uh, Nikki Bobby to come play. Fair enough. All right. I um, I hate to rush out of here, but I got to work in the morning. So thanks, guys, for doing this show. This is fantastic. Well, uh, if you're listening, you can watch it. And if you're watching, you can listen to it. (laughs) I'm going to cut this up so it's easier to uh, digest in some other parts. And uh, if you want, you can watch the whole video in two and a half hours. So thank you so much, guys, for all the support. And let's get ready for the 2023-2024 Leaf season. Yeah, baby. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Nothing? Nothing at all? (laughs) (laughs) Default.